Hey everyone, Ben here with a quick interruption before we get into today's episode to let you know that we have been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. Yippee! That is very, very exciting. We are actually incredibly honoured and excited to have that nominee. And you, the listener, yes, the very person that is listening to this right now can help us win a Sports Podcast Award and get us on the podium for once rather than always being off the podium. To do so, head to sportspodcastawards.com. Dot com, register to vote, click on the Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast category where you can then vote for us to win. Now, you will have to listen to the other nominees as well, but let's be honest, you know you're going to vote for us because you're listening to our show today, which means we know you like us and we'd very much appreciate the vote in advance. Sportspodcastawards.com, that's how you do it, and we thank you in advance. And everybody who votes for us, we promise to thank you in our acceptance speech should we win. Right now, I'm going to shut up, play some music, and then you're going to hear me talk again as we get into today's episode of Off the Podium. Enjoy. They're standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Orville and Christopher Dean. Alex Philodeau. It takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up. She's moving nicely. She's got it. Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you today for day 14 of the Beijing 2022 Olympics, and I am able to use my normal voice, yay! Well, when I say normal, the loud side of it, uh, normal, I still have COVID, so I sound like some sort of mixture between Patty and Selma and Macy Gray, I have no idea, but uh, we're here to talk about the Olympics, not the Simpsons and Ben's voice. Because it's been a silver, silver, bronze, bronze day for Canada. And it's been a 15th in the bobsled so far day for Australia. What an exciting day to be an Olympic fan. Uh, Particularly if you're Norway. Because Norway have done well today. And we'll get to that very shortly. And speaking of Norway, it's a man who worked for the Amazing Race Norway. I think it's the right country. Um, It's Jared Luby. Jared. Welcome back. Are you are you proud of your country that you once did stuff for? Oh, super proud. Uh, worked for them, went and visited on holidays, you know, so many Norwegian connections. So um super proud for them. Super proud. Fifteen gold medals. What a what a day to be a Norwegian. Uh, and speaking of what a day, it's always what a day when you're Colin Hilding because He's the most interesting man that I know that lives in Winnipeg, and he's with us now. Hello, Colin. Welcome back. Thank you. And uh, I, as uh, somebody who's proud of Canada today, uh, I worked for Canada, and I also visited Canada frequently, much like Jared did Norwegia. Nice. Nice. I'm glad that you just jump up to Canada every now and then, just a casual day. When I have time. Yeah. Yes, you know, cool. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I I got kicked out 
So, you know. <laughs> you literally got kicked out. You got shoved in a cab and sent on a plane because your coughing was too obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, well, among many things. But um, a lot to talk about. And kind of not only, Colin, do you have to talk about two silvers and two bronzes, but you got to talk about gold and other shit from yesterday because I completely forgot you weren't on the episode yesterday. Such is life. Um, so, Colin, Canada, yay, you're doing well at the Olympics. What's that like? I mean, week two is always the better week for Canada. Uh, and I kind of had a suspicion going into yesterday that it was going to be a big or at least a very important day to watch. So I booked the day off work. I booked the day off recording. Um, I stayed up until three o'clock in the morning, caught about two and a half hours sleep, and then set my alarm for five thirty, six o'clock in the morning to continue watching stuff. And I wasn't let down. I mean, the gold medal for the women's hockey, uh, that, that's just the least of it. Just to quickly touch on that. Uh, one thing that I don't, I don't think you guys mentioned it yesterday. I know you mentioned Mary Philippe Poulin, uh, getting the, a goal in all four gold medal games, but, um, the bigger talk right now, and the one who's getting all the publicity is Sarah Nurse here, uh, based on the fact that I guess Marie Philippe actually tied Haley Wickenhauser's record for most points in um, Olympic tournaments. Uh, but Sarah Nurse beat that record. So she is now the all-time point getter, scorer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and to, uh, to cap it off, too, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's going to be different in different countries, but uh, at least here in North America, you know, race uh, or black players in hockey been a big talking point and she is now the first woman the first black woman to ever win a gold medal i mean she is all over the tv here so i mean huge for her especially not only to be a black woman winning the gold medal in hockey but to be the number one player of the olympics and be a black woman that's crazy too that was just the start of it i mean the ski cross was the second part <laughs> which uh is obviously a huge event for canada uh and uh we had two that uh, looked like they were going to be potentials to win a medal, Brittany Phelan and um, Marielle Thompson. And uh, I know you mentioned um, uh, both of them yesterday. Uh, both of them were like barely back from injury, barely back from surgery, like had had one or two World Cups after a year off. In Marielle Thompson's case, it was literally a year since she uh, injured herself. And uh, the fact that Marielle Thompson got the silver crazy. And also, I, I, I don't think I've ever been on the edge of my seat more been watching 50% of the Canadians make the semifinals in ski cross and have <laughs> the only one that made the finals trailing far behind. And then all of a sudden pulled like the comeback of the century. It's <laughs> just out of that nowhere. Was a good, it was, like, I don't know if we talked that up enough last night. You're right. Um, her getting that oh, silver came out was of nowhere. not yet. I agree. That was, that was pretty spectacular. She was plump last in that final. Yeah. And then, I don't know, 30 minutes of them being stuck there waiting for the official results that everybody already knew. Uh, and I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, so I, I don't know what this they're talking about. Is, 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 uh, is Marielle going to be disqualified? And then it ends up being uh, whoever is in the bronze position disqualified, while the person who won the bronze medal by default, Canada's second favorite uh, uh, Nickelback ripoff, um, basically protested saying, I don't want to win like this. That was crazy. Uh, but the curling was a big thing. And I mean, we could do a whole episode on curling, but I'm just going to kind of sum it up like this. I don't think I've ever, in watching the Olympics, literally my entire life, experienced the drama of when Jennifer Jones won, decisively won, and then CBC spent 30 minutes covering, running through the convoluted mathematics of what it would take for her to actually make the playoff, 
They're literally saying, okay, so let's, they, they, we're watching the camera pan from Jennifer Jones all the way across the ranks. They're like, here is Rock. Here is Switzerland. Here is Japan. They're like, if Japan wins, then Jennifer Jones' team is in. And then all of a sudden they're like, all right, it's not looking like Japan's going to win. Let's now go to Rock. So if Rock loses or wins, and I'm like, how does this work? And they're like, if um, Korea wins or loses, and all of a sudden I'm gathering, okay, one of them wins, one of them loses, then we make it. That drama went on forever, and they just will continue to cut the shots to Jennifer Jones sitting on the sidelines, her entire team just watching this. To me, that was the biggest drama I think I've ever experienced in Olympics, and it was basically just for a spot in the playoffs, and it's just it's crazy can I, can to I me. Interrupt? Can I interrupt you, Colin? Like, the biggest Go drama ever in the Olympics. Like, what Olympics are you watching yeah. that you that literally it came down to the distance of a curling stone to decide They're, Canada's place in the semifinal? That, that, that's better than, I don't know, Bradbury winning after everybody collapsing, the miracle on ice, Canada breaking 50 years of a drought in ice hockey, same Bolt winning everything, now, Michael Phelps shooting. That's more dramatic than all of that? Yes. Now, I'll, I'll explain why. <laughs> <laughs> and you you kind of have to be Canadian to get this right now, but um, oh well, that's why. I mean, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> like, there's more to that. What you're describing is exciting moments. They're like, oh, where did that come from? We're talking about drama, where it's like this would not end. Like, oh, okay, we're, we're there. Now we got to wait another ten minutes. Oh, it looks like we're there. And the fact that all of these other games were coming down to the wire, and you have the number one team, uh, Canada's really the, the representatives of Canada. Uh, and just sort of gathering more since this has ended, seeing how much other countries are shocked by this and how much other countries are on the edge of the seat. Uh, Devin Haru, who you interviewed, he had um, his, his curling show, his daily curling show on YouTube. And Jennifer Jones basically texted him, and he kind of immediately sent out a tweet saying, she just texted me and saying she wants to come on the show because she wants Canada to hear from her. I mean, this is – I sort of said it a, a couple days ago that – these Olympics, curling is bigger than hockey in Canada. And I don't even, uh, obviously, you know, Salt Lake City, Vancouver, the gold, win, uh, the gold medal uh, hockey games were massive stories and big moments. But as far as like waiting on pins and needles, is this going to happen? And how long was drawn out? Like this, this was like something you couldn't script. And the way that Canada's responded to this, it's not the way you think where it's like we're so let down. It's more than anything, people basically saying, you are the greatest of all time because how you accepted defeat as opposed to having won this. Yeah, I know you're kind of laughing because of the deferral point sisters thing, but... No, no, I, I'm laughing because at- I love your country so much. Like, like you, you've basically described two things to me, that Canadian drama is not that dramatic. I lived there and I didn't really see many dramatic Canadian dramas. That explains things. And secondly, this is just a difference between, say, Australia and Canada and how great you are. But the fact is that you basically got eliminated down to the fact that a rock wasn't closest to the other something or other. And yet, rather than complain about it, you're like, oh, yeah, you're the greatest ever. Come on the show. Oh, you're so good. Come back. We'll throw you a parade, Jennifer. Oh, yeah. This well, is in Australia. We'd be fucking burning down buildings. We would be complaining. We would be, I don't know, murdering innocent children. We would be beating seals. Well, you do that anyway. We would, I don't know what we would be doing, but we would be just going off. Like, you're so Canadian. Like, oh, hey, we tried. <laughs> But, but here's, here's the second part of it, too, is that at the same time we're experiencing Brad Gushu being Canada's last hope, and here's a man who is very composed, and he's breaking down in tears after their loss. Uh, and then we'll get to, you know, a big win today, and we broke down tears again. But 
you really can't even begin. It's kind of like we're describing with like Nordic combined and cross country skiing in some of these other countries. The way that Canada treats curling, especially in these Olympics coming off of Pyeongchang, like it is ridiculous how much this country has had invested in this sport for these Olympics. And, you know, kind of like with the, when we get to Brad Zushi, it'll be a completely different story. But uh, with, with this loss, I mean, wh- what's so dramatic about this is it has more to do with the fact of how Canada is selecting its teams. And that was a big discussion they had on Devin Bruce's show. They had the entire CBC commentating panel on there, including Mike Harris, who we interviewed on here. And they were all sort of in agreement saying it's like the problem here is not, you know, uh, the teams and their performance. The problem is, is that Canada, because we're so competitive, we force our selection down to the last minute and we give our athletes weeks to prepare for the Olympics as opposed to months or even a year like other countries. The two things just on it, it honestly legitimately so fascinating to hear this because it it is so freaking Canadian like it really is and like Jared would know exactly what I'm saying about that this is just not what would happen in Australia I'm thinking of London 2012 with our swimming team when we won what like one gold medal and there were inquiries galore they were blaming the culture like there was that equinox drug thing and just like just everything went to absolute shit because we won one gold medal and it was like oh my god this is like the biggest crisis in australian olympic history you guys barely get a bronze in curling to me seemed like you were robbed in the women's but again i'm saying that from an australian's perspective and again, literally, you're just like, oh, eh, that's how it happens. Like, it's just, it's like so fucking Canadian. Well, but on that, but on that, you go ahead, you go, because my next bit will go on a bit of a tangent. So by all means, go in. Uh, I was just going to say that at the same time, it's not like Canadians are saying, oh, it's too bad. Like, we're actually saying, listen, there are problems here. There's problems that a lot of the debate is, you know, one of the first things I was thinking is, do we need as long of a round robin as we have and as short of a, a playoff? Can we not have a shorter round robin involve more teams in a playoffs and not just, you know, semifinals and a finals? And then you don't have so many of these bizarre rules as to how do we get in coming off of a 10 to 4 victory? And then you have Canadian athletes who are just waiting on the sidelines, waiting to see other people lose or win. And people who lose get through and people win. It's so out there. But, but the fact is, most of the country seems to be now of the opinion that. We're selecting a team. We're forgiving the men's hockey team instantly because we're like, they put this team together on three weeks. But then the, the, the conversation is coming up. Why are our curlers being given only a few more weeks than that? And we have the time to prepare. It wasn't like there was a last-minute NHL cancellation or last-minute you know, curling league cancellation. It, it, it's, it's so fascinating to watch right now how much people are really putting the blame on the, the curling federations right now for not giving proper time to prepare. Even when you blame people, it's nice. Like it, it just, it just, it just, it's just so nice. Like it's so Canadian. Like, I mean, an example I'm thinking of recently in Australian sport is Socceroos, our men's soccer team, who basically were about two minutes away from beating, I think it was Oman, got a late penalty against them, drew. Our World Cup qualifying is kind of fucked right now. And we're bagging out how shit they were for letting in a late penalty and all of a sudden bitching and moaning about the referees and complaining, this sort of stuff. Again, we don't have anything to distract us. Even when we go and win a goal at the Winter Olympics, we still complain about it. And I'm doing it right now. I'm Australian. I'm complaining about it. I'm dirty about it. But I don't know. Like, it's just the beauty of your country. But the thing I was going to say is um, Michaela Schitfrin, take a page from Canada and accept that you suck and you lose... 
and don't go on social media and make it all about me, 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 me. Okay? Well, so, Michaela, go yeah, down, really? go up north and learn something from your neighbours to the north. Really quickly, I want to give Jared time to talk here too. But on nah, that note, I, I mentioned fine. you guys. <laughs> Jared's already asleep. Uh, but I mentioned to you guys that uh, I, I, I flipped to NBC uh, to see if they had an interview with Michaela Schiffer, and they did. And in a weird way, she kind of did, at least in this initial interview, really accept it. But it was – I don't think I've ever heard somebody more scattered in their thoughts. It was a hot mess of an interview. <laughs> uh, but some really good takeaways they had there, or at least that she had, in, through all her ramblings and ranting, she basically said, I don't think anybody has ever had more chances and failed so many times in the Olympics as I have, and I completely own that. But it makes me sick, and it's a complete joke. And it's funny that a, a, a lot of the things that she's coming under fire for right now, she was initially saying those same thoughts. So it's weird that she's now taking – and I can understand people taking a stance. You know, I can criticize myself. Do You have to criticize me as aggressively the same way. But she really did own it in the interview I saw. But it was bizarre to listen to her. It sounded like somebody who was completely out of their mind. Look – I, I, I don't want to give Michaela Shitburn any more airtime because my rant here is basically going to be about this and then we'll go back to talking about Canada and Jared can talk. My issue with what's come about in the last 24 hours of this is that, again, I was a dick yesterday. I ripped into her. She deserved it. She's open to criticism, all right? But the way it is painted, it's that she fucked up. She got some abuse, which you shouldn't get abuse online. Like, do it on a podcast. No one listens, so it's fine. Um <laughs> It's um. You, you can find our show online at <laughs> sportspodcastawards.com. Remember to vote for us. Um, but like, it, it, there, there's a difference between like copping it on the chin and getting some criticism, but then making it into such a sideshow where everybody basically makes it all about you. And like, I'm I want to say this right now. A reminder to people: Michaela Shitfren did not win yesterday. Michelle G. G. Geisen, or Geisen, I can't even say her name probably, but I want to give her credit. She won the women's mm-hmm. combined. Wendy Holdner got second. Federica Brigioni got third. Esther Ledecker got fourth. It should be about them. We should be celebrating them and not complaining about some woman who can't even fucking finish a ski race and then makes it all about her. She's great. Michaela Schifrin is very good at what she does. I- she had a shit Olympics. It happens. 99% of what we produce is shit. But every now and then we do okay. But on the flip side of that, if you do shit and you're in the public spotlight, I can call you out for being shit. People can call you out for being shit. It's okay. Don't call her names. Don't tell her to kill herself. Don't bully her, right? But she's shit. At these Olympics, she was shit. Simple. Celebrate the winners. Michaela, hope you get better. Come back to Milan and show us what you're capable of. That's all I'll say. That's enough. Yeah, and that's a media thing too, like celebrate the winners. Uh, and, And another thing that's great, I mean, Jennifer Jones, after we already talked about um, when they lost to Japan early on, which is basically one of the reasons why they're out. I mean, she she kind of walked past the Japanese skip as she was doing an interview and overheard her say, Jennifer Jones is my hero. She's the reason I'm in the sport. And she went up and hugged her in the middle of the interview. After they lost, Japan's in now. Jennifer Jones went up and she hugged them all again. And it, it was it was crazy watching Devin Hru's show yesterday and seeing the live chat, how many Japanese people worship this woman <laughs> and they, they worship her even more now because of how she accepted defeat and how she's she's putting the spotlight back on the team that's now technically beaten them into the playoffs so i completely agree with you it needs to be about the, let's 
let's address, you know, maybe fair criticism and stuff like that or surprises. I can't believe this person didn't win. But then let's make sure we're putting more attention, if not uh, at least an equal amount on the winners. Yeah, exactly. And that that's that's the thing. Like, it's a big story. I get it. It was no different to Simone Biles in Tokyo. You know, these things happen. They're big names. You're going to talk about it. But at the end of the day, you know, if I'm if I'm Michelle and I'm an Olympic gold medalist, I'm going to get a bit shitty. Like, hey, I just won a fucking Olympic gold medal. I didn't win because that woman crashed out for the third time at these Olympics. Like, you know, if anyone should be making it about them, it should be Michelle. Jared, you haven't talked in about 30 hours. Um, do you have any thoughts on what has been said so far? Yeah, I feel like I don't have much to add. I disagree. I think it's a, it's a similar situation in the um, in the women's figure skating with the 15-year-old Russian athlete um, and then her being allowed to compete. And then just like that was just like the entire story. Um, she doesn't end up on the podium like there's just no media attention given to the people who finished, who wound up on the podium. The story is still just about her like crashing out and, and like, it's just, it's mud like the whole event and still like the team's event with that all being like up in the air and them not getting medals yet. Like, it's just, I don't know. I think it's what you say. It's, it's, we need to be celebrating the winners and like, it's fine to, to talk about kind of these dramatic moments and letdowns and setbacks, but like it shouldn't dominate the conversation and we should be able to move on quickly from that to, to talk about the actual, the actual events and, and who's put in an amazing effort at the Olympics. And speaking like of which, Eileen Goo, right, ben? well, we'll get to that. Um, speaking of which <laughs> let's move on. I'll be a hypocrite soon. Don't worry, Colin. It's all good. Um, let's talk more about Canada's success. Um, anything from yesterday, Colin, you wanted to add or just, Go into the uh, the silver and bronze day for Canada because you, you you did all right. Two silvers, two bronzes. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, just I guess continue on the curling first with Brad Gushu. I mean, it, what what's crazy with him is that the last time he was in the Olympics, he was 25 years old. He's in his 40s now. I mean, that's a huge gap. And the game has changed a lot. And like Jennifer Jones, I mean, he him and his team have not had the amount of time to prepare to know that they're representing Canada in the Olympics. And, and it, again, another thing that you really have to be Canadian to understand is how wide open the field is here. I mean, most of the other countries that are competing, uh, or at least a lot of the top ones, there is one clear choice. So even if you don't have an official selection until, uh, I don't know, eight to 12 weeks before the Olympics, it's a given, you know, who's going to go. I mean, it, it's a crapshoot every time. That's how Rachel Holman kind of got in last time, uh, instead of Jennifer Jones. Um, but, uh, he has taken these Olympics so seriously and drawing another comparison to Simone Biles, uh, really the drama with Simone Biles was that this was a woman who the weight of an entire country was on her shoulders. And we can kind of understand that it, it, it's, it, she was the sport. She was uh, America's hopes for, for the Olympics. She was the face of the Olympics for them. And here in Canada, I mean, it's basically hockey and curling and, you know, hockey, we kind of wrote off, uh, early because the men's team wasn't going to happen. The women's team, we know we're going to the gold medal anyways. It, it, it's a lot more pressure on our curlers this time around. And again, it's just kind of the way that, that he handled it. It was crazy seeing after they um, lost yesterday. Uh, it wasn't like a boo-hoo. It was like an emotional breakdown of a man. And they had footage where they have the, the athlete's wall when he's talking to his family. And he's actually on his hands and knees weeping. Uh, and when they did the interviews with him afterwards, like you could tell he was trying to hide it, but like his eyes were red and he was wiping tears still, but he was very composed in the interview. 
really just watching him, you could see this is a guy where the, the weight of a country was on his shoulders, and yet the country would have been okay if he lost, I think. Uh, but he took this serious. Like, he really was like, this is the last chance. I have to make this happen for Canada. And, I mean, they, they came out. He actually said after um, uh, it ended, and, and you know, they have faced John Schuster, the, the American mullet men, before. Uh, they've beaten them. Uh, but uh, he said that this was the toughest uh, curling match he's ever had in his life was against the wow. Americans. And, again, it just goes to show, like, how much he, him and his entire team were putting into this and felt like they needed to pull out a bronze. Which prevented you from not winning a medal. Uh, well, from, from not not winning a medal for the first time ever since 1920. Yeah, exactly. Four. So, yeah, we're, we're looking at how many dec- we're looking at decades without uh, ever having a non curling medal, and this was our last shot. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I mean, you didn't win in 1924, but I mean, again, three nations were in that, and Canada wasn't one of them, so they all got a medal. I've got something to talk about that. I've got a fun stat about that one. Everybody but, uh, wins. Everybody wins. <laughs> Literally every year since 19, well, I want to say every every Olympic year, uh, from 1998 onward, you have won at least one medal. So you've luckily kept that alive. Um, but with just with the silver and uh, the other bronze, so obviously silver two, a silver and a bronze in the half pipe, the women's half pipe, Cassie Sharp, reigning gold medalist from Pyeongchang, got the silver, and Rachel Kaka got the bronze in the half pipe and Laurent, is it Dubrell got the silver Debray, Thank you. Uh, men's 1000, uh, meters. Um, uh, were, were these expected? I mean, is it kind of disappointing with Cassie that she didn't go back to back or being Canadian? Like, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You lost to the goat Eileen. Like, I mean, you know, so, uh, if you're going to lose to someone, lose to Eileen. Uh, I'll have an Eileen rant in a minute. I've been a little, a little less irritated by her than you have, but uh, uh, we expected at least one in the, the half pipe. Uh, and it was kind of up in the air. Uh, Carker, she actually has been the top performer this season, but part of that reason is because Cassie Sharp was out with an injury for so long. It's, it's now just a trend. If you really want to win in the Olympics and you're Canadian, uh, at least you're a Canadian woman, get an injury a year before, come back barely in time for the Olympics and you'll win. That's, that's what happens. Uh, but uh, with, with Cassie Sharp, you know, she is probably a couple years removed from being the top uh, skier and having this injury. Uh, she had all the media hype behind her because she was a reigning gold medalist, but I don't think realistically she was expected to be the one who in a position. It's the fact that we got both. That's the bigger surprise. I think we expected one or the other. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know whether we should have won a gold or not. I mean, I, I watched all the runs. I don't know how to judge the sport. I think one of the frustrating things about half pipe is that you don't have to nail every trick. It's like you've got to nail at least – it's a rough idea. They're like, eh, at least five-ish. Uh, and I know that um, Eileen's best run, she had two you know, uh, pretty lazy efforts in there. I kind of feel like I want to see this sport get to the point where you have a set number of tricks and you have to nail it. So your timing has to be right. Your angles have to be right. Like let's make it a little bit harder. We're just big fans of less relaxed sports. I think that's the thing. Um, now, as far as uh, Debray, uh, that was a big surprise. And CBC definitely had coverage of it, partly because there was no, nothing else on. But as much uh, hype and publicity as he had before the 500-meter event, there was none of that to the point where I was starting to wonder, I'm like, isn't he supposed to be in that 1,000-meter? Like, why am I not hearing about him going into this? 
Uh, and I don't think that he has ever been nearly as good in the 1,000 meters. He is 500-500. He's basically been unbeaten uh, for the last uh, season. And he didn't even get in a medal position for that. Uh, for him to win the silver, like, as I was watching it, I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to happen. And then I keep watching him ahead of the line, ahead of the line, ahead of the line. And in the end, when you see it turn to red, where it's like 0.4 seconds, like, wait, were they counting 0.4 seconds behind the bronze? And all of a sudden, they get excited. Like, no, that's the goal. All right, we got a silver. Yay. <laughs> uh, so that's a big surprise and also good because he is one of the athletes that I think Canada really got behind before these Olympics started, where this was one of the favorite to win a medal. And he, he pulled that out at the last minute. Well, good for him. Good on you, Laurent. 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 Um, Laurent going to call him Larry. Uh, well done, Larry. Good job. That attaboy, Larry. Um, <laughs> attaboy, talk, Larry. <laughs> talk about the half pipe quickly. Jared, let, let's let's throw to Jared. C- crossing live to the goat, uh, Jared. Um, you watch the half pipe today? I mean, again, wasn't much on. That was my shift. Um, that was all that was on, so I didn't really have much of a choice. But uh, what, what's your thoughts on, on the half pipe before we maybe get into uh, all things goo? I feel like I said it yesterday. I just, it's it's the whole like three event thing of like the slope style, big air and half pipe. And I kind of feel like one of them needs to go. Um, yeah. And I feel like in snowboard, the half pipe is fine, but in the, the ski half pipe, I'm just not on board. I just feel like they don't like even like the better runs, like they don't get like that much amplitude. They're doing like, I mean, they'll do like some good like tricks, some like 1080s or whatever. Um, but then like they're just putting in like a 360 yeah. in, in like the middle of them. Like, okay, like maybe I could even do that after like a couple <laughs> of months of training. Like it just, just, yeah. When they're like not even getting over like the lip of the half pipe, it just, feels weird. And I'm like, this is like the top 12 athletes in the world. And that's just, just not, and I find it's that interesting to watch. I agree with Colin that like the judging is like a little bit subjective and it's, it's hard to, to know what it's based on with just giving like these like flat scores, like out of like a hundred, it's just, it's an odd one. And to me, like it, I could take it or leave it. I'd be fine with it being out what, of the, the Olympics. What I don't get a lot with it is that, there were so many of these jumps, tricks, routines that were getting in the 90s, particularly in the qualifying yesterday. And again, I'm no judge, but like I watched the snowball one and some of them look so spectacular and awesome, but they're only getting like 70s. This one, like basically someone rocks up, stands on one leg, farts and eats a Danish and they get like 91. And I'm like, okay, sure. Um, and I'm with you. Like it just, it doesn't, goes because like once they lose speed they really lose speed and then there's no going back like they've got poles fucking push yourself off there and get faster like somehow the snowboarders can maintain the speed um but yeah and like one thing i'll say about eileen it was clear she was the best like if you watched her versus everything else she did stand out as the best so to me deserve the gold absolutely but, but, here's the but. Everybody in that event, even Eileen, kind of looked bored. There, there was no pomp and flair and anything about it. It's almost like they were consigned that, oh, Eileen showed up. She's eaten a Danish. She's flashed the pearly whites. She's going to win the gold. Um, and then what annoyed me the most about it is that 
gets down to her third run. She's already won the gold. I get it. She doesn't need to do anything. But she just does this, like, weird back and forth, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she does, oh, my God, I won gold. Like, you've known you won gold for about four hours. Okay, don't act shocked. You haven't just crossed the line 0.1 of a second ahead of Irene Wurst. You've known you've won the fucking gold already. And then it just comes across as, like, I don't want to say obnoxious, but, like, I get it. You don't have to do anything, but put on a show. Like, do something. Like, celebrate. Pull up. Didn't Sean White do that at the last Olympics, I feel, or one Olympics where he'd already won the gold, but he still went out and was just like, fuck, I'm going to try and do anything now because it doesn't matter. I've won the gold. Like, I just, there's just something about it that annoys me. And she seems like a nice girl, but this is just the weird-looking Australian guy on the other side of the planet with no athletic talent. And I've got nothing in, I've got nothing going in life. She's attractive. She's good at sport. She can play the piano. She's friends with Australians. Like, she's got everything going for her. Like, what's she bad at? That's what I want to know, all right? Stop being good, Eileen. That's that's my rant. Anyway, good for her. Congratulations. She's now officially the most decorated freestyle skier in the history of the Olympics, and she's only competed no, in three isn't. events. No, she isn't. <laughs> yes, that, she is. That's my complaint. No, I mean, she, she's tied in a four-way tie right now. Well, um, in terms of gold and silver, like if you did it bank based on the medal tally, she is the number one in terms of... But, like, but here's my complaint. I'm hearing... And, and again, this is nothing against Eileen Gu. This is, I, I actually feel like I haven't quite understood to the same level yours and Jared's frustration with just being over her. We don't have come on Eileen montages here or anything. Uh, she's getting more attention her, in this they, country than most of the Australian athletes. That's the thing. And, and here, you know, the only time she really gets mentioned is when she's on screen. Uh, it's not like even before the event they have a, a video package of her or anything like that. But my frustration is just sort of buying into this hype of she's the greatest freestyle skier of all time. First of all, she is the only freestyle skier to ever have the opportunity to compete in three events in one Olympics. You can't claim this to be some record when it's never been possible before. I agree and with that. two of the people... Yeah, and two of the people who have uh, or share that record of most freestyle, freestyle skiing medals of all time are mogul skiers that have to do it over the course of 12 years. Yeah, now, no, I, when, I agree when with Eileen Gu, Yeah, when Eileen Gu is 30 years old and is still winning gold medals, I'll be just as impressed. This, it, this is nothing against her. It's against the fact that – and we've, I think we've gone over this before. Part of it is just a lot of the new sports – it's like we're just creating records to try to turn people into the GOAT, and, and they're not. I mean, she's got two gold. She's got one silver or whatever. Bronze, I can't even remember what she won the other one in. Two gold and a silver. But, yeah, but it's like it's her first Olympics, and it's the first time. Any, it's, it's, you could honestly even say they created a third event for her to win a record. <laughs> you wouldn't be lying because you have the same people competing in all the events, you know? It's I, not even I, competitive I, yet. I, I And this is the thing, Colin. I, I 100% agree with everything you're saying. By me saying... She's the most successful freestyle skier of all time. That's not me saying like, oh, she's the goat. She's, you know, that's me just putting out a stat. I, I 100% agree with everything you just said because you're right. Like, how is it fair that we can call her the goat based on statistics when, what, Mikhail Kingsbury, you know, he's won three over, what, two, three Olympics, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the great Dale Big Smith, you know, he won two over three Olympics, you know, whereas – if they had the the dual moguls and the slope style moguls and the half pipe moguls, you know, they can probably walk away. Like it's no disrespect to Michael Phelps. He's won the most Olympic gold medals, but I mean, he's had yeah, how many more opportunities to do it? 
Whereas, yeah. you know, um, give me give me an athlete off the top of your head that can only win one, and I don't know, like Eddie Ockenden can only win one per Olympics. Um, you know, in hockey and and anyway, point is, I agree with you, Colin. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's just just dropping stats. All right. Anyway. Come on, Eileen. Fuck off. Uh, I just wanted to say one point. When I was actually just, we were having that conversation. I don't know if you're watching Channel 7, Jared, but what was on? Eileen Goo. So, um, yeah, I'm not I, I'm not employed by Channel 7 anymore. So, um, <laughs> 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 um, but what a great network. What, what, what a great network. Um, other medals, all the medals that were decided, and actually a couple last night, well, Couple last night, I say we had the uh, women's figure skating uh, was decided last night. Uh, so Anna Sherbakova of Rock the gold, Alexandra Trusova of Rock the silver, and Kaori Sakamoto the bronze. And yes, as Jared mentioned, the big talking point was our uh, beloved little pill popper, uh, Camilla Valieva. Fourth. How did she get fourth? She fell over more times than Noah does on a Friday night, and somehow she still gets fourth. This was my rant the other night about figure skating. Like, Jared, did you see it? Like, she she fell over when she walked down into the ice. She still got fourth. She thought it was actual ice. She was probably sniffing it off the ground. Yeah, I was listening to this, like, um, it wasn't this particular run, but it was another athlete who fell, like, a similar amount of times, and, like, the commentators going through it, like, Oh, well, she'll lose a 0.5 deduction for the first fall and she'll lose a 0.5 deduction for the second fall. And then as soon as you fall like three or four times, you just automatically lose like, I don't know, three points or something or rather. It's just, it's just so weird. It's like we said, it's so different to other sports. Like in the half pipe, they like stumble, put their yeah. hand down. Like, okay, that's a, that's a dead run. Like there's no point in me continuing. Whereas this, it's like, okay, I fell four times, but somehow I can still only like drop like three places on, on like the leaderboard. It's just, it's just weird. And it feels like there should be like more consequence. Cause it's like we said, it's like the short program basically just decides the event. What's the point of having like the long skate after it? Yeah. And like one thing I will appreciate is I liked Belinda Noonan last night explaining exactly what you were saying. So she was saying, this is where she's got like she she made it clearer as to how you can still get points and because she did have such a high short program you know i get it it works that way still doesn't make it any more fucking complicated for just you me and colin the armchair critics who are going to sit here and talk about it and go well how the fuck does she still get forth like kalani crane didn't have the best skate the other night but what she did the other night a thousand times better than what i saw and i saw kalani finish 29th not fourth so um Poor Kalani. Hashtag justice for Kalani. Give give Kalani a couple of heart medications. See how she performs. All right? I'm sure she can do a quadruple, triple screaming semen. Um, anyway, but good for Rock for getting those medals. Um, maybe. Asterix. Uh, the IC is still deciding whether or not they'll get them or not. Um, but today uh, we had... Uh, the biathlon, sadly, uh, Mr. Frenchman did not get his uh, his sixth medal of the Olympics. Uh, but the good news is for Norway, uh, Johannes Singer's bow yeah. got the 15th gold for Norway. We have history, ladies and gentlemen. Norway have become the first Winter Olympic nation to ever get 15 gold medals. Congratulations, Norway. I don't know where we all predicted. I think we all predicted about 80, so they're having a bit of crap Olympics, let's be honest. Um 
is in the men's mass start, by the way, in the biathlon. Martin Ponsiluma of Sweden got the silver and Veltstad Kristansson of Norway, the bronze. In the women's mass start, it was Justine Braze Boucher of France ahead of Tyrell Ekhoff of Norway and Mate Olsbo Rosaland of Norway, the bronze. Uh, in the ski cross, the men's, I didn't get to see any of this today. Uh, I was asked, talking to Jared off air about how this was compared to the women's yesterday. We can talk about that maybe in a second. I don't know if you saw it as well, Colin. Uh, Ryan Regez of Switzerland, the gold. Alex Fiva, he's got some fever. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. All right, that was <laughs> Channel 7's complete coverage today. Oh, really, was it? They were just playing <laughs> fever. Oh, God. Was it Fever by Kylie or was it like Saturday Night Fever? Or I don't know if they, they didn't play any music, but just the whole talking point of this entire competition was just his his surname. It's right. like, oh, it's we, everyone down here has got Friday Fever, this, that, whatever. So I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Uh, if only I could share some of the uh, the comments that got made by the producers a lot of the time when we we're off air about some of the names. And uh, I, whew, that there's some fun in that. Uh, and Sergey Ridzik of Rock, the bronze uh, women's half pipe. We went over that. And the men's 1,000 meters outside of Mr. Du- Dubray. Colin, did I get that right that time? Mm-hmm. Yes. Look yep. at me learning. Uh, Thomas Kroll of the Netherlands took the gold. And Havad Holmjeford Lorentzen. Of how's my Norwegian there, Jared? Spot on. Cool, awesome. Uh, he got the bronze. Very bloody good day for Norway. Once they get a gold, a silver, and three bronze, if you don't mind. Okay, party in Oslo tonight, everybody. Uh, get get on board. Um, just quickly, Jared, the ski cross. I know you talked about it in this off air, but we're on it now. Um, give us a bit of a rundown of what you thought of the ski cross. I mean, did you get the fever watching the the ski cross? I didn't. And I don't know if the other countries around the Australian team found it as funny as they were making out, but we'll never know. Um, I'm sure Alex Fever gets that joke every every night of the week. Um, but no, the ski cross was good. I feel like there was like um, a lot of mix-ups in terms of like the in the women's, it was very much kind of like a, the top athletes making it deep. But in this one, it was kind of all across the board. Um, so that was fun and, and like some really tight corners and some good overtaking throughout. I loved to, in the uh, small final, how the start gate malfunctioned. <laughs> oh, and man, just, they're, like, they're like waiting to like go and then just like, um, and just sitting there like waiting, waiting, and then it doesn't drop. And then when it eventually did drop, it was really great. The, um, the um, Canadian athlete, um, pretending to go and like and then the other competitors like what oh are we meant to be going like it was, re- it was really funny um but yeah it was it was a fun event ski cross is great this is one of the skiing sports that should definitely stay in the olympics um i'm disappointed though where's the where's the mixed relay in the in the uh, in the ski cross hey. let down yeah yeah it's discriminatory against the skiers why do the snowboarders get all the fun hmm that's a good point didn't think about that colin did you did you watch the the ski cross today the the men's no, I'm literally just starting it right now. Uh, I had had it spoiled already for me uh, when I woke up in the middle of the night and tuned into curling, and I saw the results. Um, but uh, I haven't had a chance to to see any of it yet. And I, like, did we have uh, I, did we have any wipeouts as opposed to the women's ones? I feel like there weren't many. Yeah, because I I would have thought, especially with the weather conditions the way they've been today, it would have been a lot more brutal as far as like people wiping out, crashing on the course, um, which this is one of the few sports you kind of want to see that. <laughs> um, 
I I I I might end up watching it on a replay because I'm with Jared. I do definitely enjoy the the, the cross races. Makes me angry. <laughs> Look at you that. Need to go I, back I, to six competitors per run so that we yeah. get more wipeouts. Yeah. Did they have Did they have the weird thing like in the women's where like the the one eighth finals were like three races? Like it's kind of I, we didn't really talk about that in the women's yesterday about how it's kind of like before they got to the quarter they were just three in a race. So like where's the fun in that? So did they do that in the men's? Um, I think so. Yeah, come on, ISE. You can put a couple more extra in there, like fix that up there going with it. Um, just I just want to quickly touch on that. We should really maybe emphasize a little bit more. It is a pretty historical day for Norway to get 15 gold. This is a pretty big deal. I mean, obviously, yes, kind of, Colin, what you were talking about before, the argument is, well, there are more events to win, so of course they're going to win more gold. Like, you know, Norway weren't winning... 15 gold in St. Moritz, were they? Like, you know, like there's more events to win. There's more opportunities to do it. So it makes more sense. But I mean, this is pretty groundbreaking. It was obviously groundbreaking when Canada did it back in Vancouver to get to 14 for the first time. Uh, but now it's obviously up to, to 15 for the first time. Um, I mean, Jared is a proud Norwegian man. I mean, uh, is this, how, how, how do you think you should be celebrating Norway? And what do you think of Norway cracking the, the magical 15 gold medals for the first time at a Winter Olympics? I think kind of we knew that it was going to happen at some point uh, with sports. And it's the fact that it's not just the gold medals, like they're just doing well like across the board. And yes, cross country as their main sport, but they're picking up medals elsewhere as well. So um, I think very impressive. Colin, thoughts on, on Norwegia getting to 15? Good old Norwegia. Um, I mean, how many of the new sports have they medaled in these Olympics? I don't even know if we have a number on that. Uh, I mean, they have done better in things like freestyle skiing and, and snowboard, I think, than most people probably assume. Like, you know, you think of Norway as a traditional nation as like, yeah, Jared's saying like cross country. I mean, like literally, I mean, literally the new sports were added just for this, just for this Olympics. Keep talking and I will tell you. All right. Well, uh, because I, I I kind of agree with Jared. I, I think that, uh, you can't take away from the overall medals they're winning. Uh, and they're winning in a lot more of the traditional ones. Uh, and also overall medals of all time. I mean, that all happened before these Olympics too. So, I mean, they are they are the goat of countries. Uh, so good for you, Norwegia. And also, uh, was it JT Bo? Was he the one who pushed them to 15, you said? Uh, that pushed the 15? What, that, that won the 15? Like, what was their question? Yeah, was he, the, was he number 15? Was he number 15? In the mass start? Yes. Like, was, was he the number he the, the on his bib? gold medal for Norway. Oh, he yes. won the 15. All right, that's the question. I'm thinking, like, did he have yeah. the bib number 15? Like, how good do you think I am at my job? Like, I'm not that good. Like, I, was he 15 once? Yes, I'm sure he turned 15 <laughs> once. D- does he like the number? Sure, I'll, I'll get him on the line. Um, anything now, else? Now, on that note, is, is this not his fourth gold medal of these Olympics for one man? I don't know if it's his fourth gold, but it might be his fourth medal. Um, it, it is his fourth. Holy crap, you should get a job as a researcher. There you go. Um, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Yes, well That's, done. I mean, almost, almost a third of the medals that they've won has been from one man. Like what a man. This, I'm saying right now, this is this is my daily deal of the day. I don't know. We, we're starting to run out of options at this point, but if he's not daily deal, I'm putting him up for athlete of the games. I mean, four gold medals and he wins the magical number 15. That's, that's, that's a man right there. 
I think there's another biathlete who I would get my nod for athlete of the games. But, uh, I mean, I've literally put him down as my Daily Dale as, A, I didn't get to watch much today, so I don't really have much of a choice, and, B, I put him up because of the 15th gold thing. So, I mean, sure, we'll go with that. Um, Just on a quick little skin through the new events, I believe the mixed relay in the biathlon was at the first time that had been held at these Olympics. Uh, no, it isn't. Okay, never mind. I was going to say they won that one. Um, but... Um, I don't know where else they would have come through on that. Um, I mean, newish events, mixed curling, newish mm-hmm. silver in that. Um, but at least we, we, we can't say so this isn't like an Eileen goo where it's like the first one never win three, three solid. <laughs> like this is, it's irrelevant that the new, newer events or brand new events, uh, are factor into this because that's not where the 15 come from. Yeah, true. I mean, they're very, like, I don't know if you were on the episode the other day when I was talking about this, but it, it kind of, like, Australia at the Winter Olympics, for example, like, if you are to remove our medals from the sports that have been introduced since 1994, we have only mm-hmm. ever won one Winter Olympic medal in a traditional oh, yeah. original sport. Um, yeah, so, well, I mean, that's, yeah. That's, that's similar to Canada because I mean, even in Winter Olympics outside of something like hockey, we were nowhere on the map until mm. freestyle skiing was introduced. And since freestyle skiing is introduced, I think Canada still, I don't know, we'll have to see at the end of these Olympics, but Canada was like number one on the all-time freestyle uh, medals, uh, freestyle skiing medals for the last uh, 28 years. But uh, mm-hmm. without that, Canada would be nowhere. Well, you wouldn't be anyway, because let's be honest, uh, we put Canada on the map here and off the podium um, before <laughs> before we came You're about. Welcome. No one gave a shit about Canada. They were like, oh, that's just that other place near America. But now, here can we, we can are. We go, can we go back a few days and just say how glad I am that of all people was Charles Hamlin who got us a gold medal? Because <laughs> I don't think I've seen any other athletes who have been this much fun to watch winning the gold. Like, if you saw their podium pose with, like, him oh, jumping I love up in that the air. Picture. And the other guys that was going, brilliant. Oh, yeah. I want that mounted on my wall. And then the video that they released, it's like everybody's wondering – what would have happened uh, if we hadn't won this? Now you'll never know. And they stand back and everybody just cheering and screaming. Like, wow, they know how to they know how to work the camera. You, you know why they did it though? It's because they, it was it was nothing to do with Charles Hamilton. It's the fact that they won off the podium's first gold medal. That's what it was. Yeah. They're so kind of saying you know that now now that I am in a, a normal environment that I can <laughs> yell and scream that Charles Hamilton won off the podium's first gold medal. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! In the words of Tess and- Cody, yeah. We kept saying, is he going to be done now? Like, basically, he has officially announced his retirement now. And it has nothing to do with tying Cindy Clausen's record, uh, being in that six-medal club, one behind Penny Alexiak. It is just off the phone. He won us a medal, and now he feels free to retire. Yeah, exactly. He, he That was the one thing off his bucket list. He was literally <laughs> like, ooh, ooh, hey, I've won so many medals, but I just off the podium, I've got to win them a gold. And he did. <laughs> See? Eric's not going to do it in the pairs. So Charles came along and did it. Did, did, did us a service. Thank you, Charles. Now, Colin, get him back on the show so I can interview him as well. I didn't. I haven't talked to him before. Watch Eric Radford and Vanessa James are going to win gold, and Charles Hamlin's going to retract his retirement and announce he's coming back to Milan. Exactly. Come on. I need to be the first back to back off the podium gold winner. Yeah, exactly. Now that we've we've ticked it off the list, we've got to put more pressure on them, Jared. Um. As a card-carrying 
Team Slovakia fan. How are you feeling today? We, we really should have checked in with you first to see how you're doing. Have you gotten a lot of online bullying? Do you need to put something on Instagram to make it all about you? Yeah, no, I've, I've cancelled all, all my uh, social media accounts because of all, all the bullying and hate. Um, oh, tough one. The highs of the win against the US. Um, and you face a real which, hockey nation like which Finland. Which started my, my love of the Slovakian team. Uh, and now I'm, I'm off the bandwagon. Any of that fan card. Like, I was just stupid, stupid sport, stupid team. Never liked them anyway. <laughs> Burning um, jerseys in the street, <laughs> sending anthrax to Bratislava. Fuck you, Slovakia. Uh, still hopeful that they can come home with a bronze, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling it so much anymore. But, you know, if, if they pull off the bronze medal win, I'll be back on the bandwagon. Well, I can say that breaking news in the ice hockey uh, as to who you will play in the bronze medal match at uh, the end of the first period, it is Rock, Neil, Sweden, Neil. So I'm cheering for Team Sweden to play Team Finland in the gold medal match. uh, And I am then cheering for Slovakia to beat Rock in the bronze medal match. Colin, what is Canada's reaction to Finland beating Slovakia? Uh, there's no reaction yet because we won a whole bunch of medals after that. <laughs> yeah, fuck Finland. Fuck Slovakia. I woke, I woke up in the middle of the night. Thank you again, Casper, for that. Um, sleep deprived because of one child and it's not even the babies. Uh, but uh, when I woke up in the middle of the night, the curling was going on at that point and uh, the score came up and I, I immediately looked at him like, oh, well, that's too bad. Um, but this is complete side note. And and I know it's not what you, you're meaning by that, but I almost feel bad at this point that like, all the Russian athletes are getting grouped in because of the whole Camilla drama. Like there are so many clean athletes that are competing in these games who just nobody's rooting for now. And this kind of going along with the figure skating uh, where people saying, Oh, none of these Russian skaters should be allowed to compete. I'm like, well, is that fair to say? I mean, if they work hard to get there, this would be like after Seoul Korea, if they canceled the entire Canadian track and field team because of Ben well, Johnson or. Is it though? Well, like, I see what. But but like, like okay, see what you you're saying. I agree with you on like on on the one games thing. Like don't lump an entire nation down based on one athlete at a games. My issue though is that when your entire country got into trouble for having systematic doping and kind of destroying the entire image of your nation over the last decade that you literally are competing under whatever country the IOC decides to call you at these Olympics that maybe there's always going to be question marks on your athletes no matter what. That, oh, that's my absolutely. issue with Russian like, athletes. I have, I 100% agree there should be question marks, you know. Um, but the, the decisions of an Olympic committee and athletes who have already been banned, I don't think should immediately affect a, a, a everybody else who is there clean. You know, we've had one – all these people have been tested immediately after the Games and one athlete has tested positive for something. It's unfortunate it's a 15-year-old girl, so a lot of these rules don't apply. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of other athletes that, you know, I, I would still be pulling. I'm not saying that I would hate it if Sweden won. It would be incredible if Russia, the number one team, uh, ends up not making the gold medal match. Then we really have something up in the air for hockey. But, uh, I mean, if Russia goes all the way and wins gold again, I'll still be rooting for them. It's it Look, I, I, I do honestly feel bad for the, the majority of the Russian athletes who are clean, of course I do. But it's just, like, 
it's just this whole situation with Camilla. It just it comes down to the fact of like, it, it's not like they've discovered that she took some new drug that Russia have snuck under the rug and it's only just been discovered. It's like when you were taking the same drugs, when you were not learning from your mistakes and you were getting mm. caught, like that's where I'm like, like, come on, Russia. Like just, just come on. Just, just, there are different drugs to fix your heart problems. Like, come on. Like Ukraine doesn't need to be invaded. Like just, just, just stop it. Okay. Russia, just take a step back. And look at yourselves. Like, you were doing so well in the world. People were starting to like you. Now, you just, you ruin it. Okay? Please don't <laughs> nuke me. I, I do actually and really like Russia. it's all your fault, Camilla. I, I really, yeah. It's poor 15-year-old girl. Um, but, like, I, I, I love the fact that Sweden have never lost a semi-final in men's ice hockey. So, there's that little stat for you there. But, um... I, I'm all on board, Team Finland. I've said that from the get-go. If Canada doesn't win, I'm, I'm I'm on the Finnish train. If there's one, even Colin, you as a hockey fan, I've got to say, if there's one nation that deserves a gold medal in men's ice hockey, it is Finland. Yes. <laughs> I would say Canada, but uh, if you're talking no, about... Well, the, as you like, a country's never won one, Colin. <laughs> Canada have okay. a few of those already. <laughs> oh, Canada, they're just in such a funk... They haven't won since 2014. They have never won since 2014. (laughs) The poor Finns are sitting there in Helsinki going, when are we going to win our gold medal? We are very upset. Listen to how upset they are. That's how they sound. All right? Like, we are going to riot in the streets of Helsinki if we don't win the gold medal. Like, that's how they speak. If if Timo Solani was there, I would 100% be behind Finland even over Canada. I'll say that. Um, he's not there, but I still, I, I, I like Finland. Nothing against them. I'll, I'll be very happy if they can finally win. The, I know they, Jared's they deserve, Norwegian. Like, it is a hockey nation, right? Oh, absolutely it uh, is. I, I know Jared's Norwegian hates the Fidans. Um, but, um, <laughs> Norway didn't exactly qualify for these Olympics, so therefore you can't really... Uh, but like, like the thing is, like I'm like quarter Swedish, so like I I love the Swedes as well. Like Sweden are always yeah, a nation that I'm going to root for. So like go for them and like Slovakia is a fan. And I legitimately say, do not dislike Russia. I don't like if Ovechkin was playing, I'd probably be rooting for them more. Like I love Ovechkin. Who doesn't love Ovechkin? Um, probably mm-hmm. the only clean Russian in the world. I don't know. But well, I mean, he's, he's a bit of a drunk. But hey, as as he should be, he plays in Washington. <laughs> but. <laughs> The point is, I actually don't dislike any of the four countries left. It's not like Britain made it. Um, but um, can we just take a moment in time to once again say that Britain have not won any medals at these Olympics. What a day to be alive. And when Scotland win them their first medal tomorrow, uh, be it a silver or a gold in the curling, uh, we will celebrate Scotland winning their first medal of these Olympics. So yeah. uh, in your face, Britain. Can't win a medal. New Zealand are beating you. In the Winter Olympics, Britain. Probably actually makes sense. Again, I think New Zealand has more snow. But anyway, whatever. We're here. We're doing this. Um, where, where, where were we? Can I quickly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yes. quickly interrupt because I, I remembered something I don't want to forget. We were talking about the biathlon. Yes. Uh, so when I fell back asleep last night, it was in the middle of the biathlon, which, by the way, very briefly, uh, Scott and Christian Gao, number one and number two. Uh, it, it sort of fell apart after that. It was mostly. Well, I was going to say they like, didn't uh, finish that I, way. I, was, I hope you, you hope you realize yeah. it was you know that's not how it ended. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. The other day you kind of gave the daily Dale to a guy who was briefly in the lead for Ireland. So I thought we could acknowledge that at least briefly. Irish success. skier, Colin. For God's sake, that's like saying a Canadian got a wicket in cricket. Like for fuck's sake, we'd be it, celebrating it, that. 
if we had number one and number two, that's the best result Canada ever had in basketball. But anyways, if you, if you played Australia no, in cricket and you were winning for one over, I would give you like the world award for everything. All right, that's the, the legitimacy of that. So come on. Anyway, we would beat you in hockey been- for five seconds. Give us a medal. Ben's really embracing being able to yell again. That's <laughs> right. Even I can yell. He's not even upset. He's just he's just very happy to be raising his voice. Fucking uh, coward. Anyways, <laughs> so I I fell asleep once I realized Scott and Christian were were probably going to be out of it. Uh, and I had a dream that I was competing in the biathlon, and it was just a local thing or whatever. But I was I was ahead, and I remember like partway through, and for whatever reason, I was on the phone to Jamie. I'm like, Jamie. I'm winning the I'm winning the biathlon right now, and and it wasn't even winter in my dream. It was summer, and my skis were like on pavement. I'm thinking like, is this gonna survive it? And I called her up and like, they're telling me that I'm actually I'm on Olympic times right now. And guess what happened? A bunch of people came out. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. They're like, it's this way, it's this way, and they led me upstairs into the attic of their house. And I'm like, oh no, this is really suspicious here. And I'm like, I'm off course, and I was completely out of it. I, I bailed. But, uh, yeah, that was my, my – I almost became the greatest Canadian by athlete of all time. Well, I think the message in there, Colin, is don't make a phone call in the middle of an Olympic biathlon race. Like, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't see the Bow brothers going, oh, yeah, I'm winning the, bi- the biathlon, Sven. Tune in now to Channel 7 Norway. Like, that's why you ended but up you in an what- attic. Do you, know, do you know the other problem is that I, they didn't give us a gun. I was throwing darts in it. Like, that was the really frustrating thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, this I is mean, a real uh, local version of the biathlon. Yeah. I'm choking. Well, you see, this is what – that that's why Canada doesn't do as well because we're not a gun nation. You give us darts and Canada's going to be dominating in a biathlon. Canadian biathlon. Oh, yeah, throw the darts at the bullseye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know what? Probably more exciting than the women's half pipe in skiing today. So, um. <laughs> but Eileen Goo couldn't do the dart biathlon. She can do that. A bit more respect for her. You know? You know who couldn't do it? Michaela Shitfriend. She can't do anything. Um. <laughs> we, we really are never getting her on the show. Um. I wouldn't want her on the show. I want someone good on the show. All right? Is it is it enough time to keep bagging her out, or am I am I am I getting into bullying territory? She's gonna post well, my comments. You might as well get on the show because the curse isn't gonna do anything. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> probably get on the show as you win. <laughs> Let's start getting the shit athletes on the show, and then they'll actually start winning. <laughs> Let's, let's get that Irish uh, cross country skier on. Um, but he's not shit. He finished. He finished. He did. He did what he did. What Michaela shit for couldn't do. He finished the skiing race. All right, he Irish finished. cross-country skier, better than Michaela Shitfrin. Simple. She finished She finished a percentage of the time. Give her a Two of them of doesn't the count. More than 50% she crashed. I lasted longer on skis than she did in Beijing. Come on. I feel, I, I feel even worse for her now because of Ben being able to yell at Oh, <laughs> she'll, she'll make a post about it. Don't worry. Come on. Who else are we meant to rip shit into? Lindsay's retired. Fucking Ryan Lochte's, I don't know, kidnapped again. Tell me who oh, else I'm meant to bag out. Oh, Lochte. What a man. He And he knows it too. How do you think he would go in the uh, in the dart biathlon? <laughs> well, man, so I was skiing around and all of a sudden there was this dart. It came right at me. It's like kidnapping me or something, man. Like, whoa, I'm Ryan Lochte. Oh, I miss him. 
I miss his beautiful grey hair. Um, <laughs> probably actually literally grey right now. Um, uh, so, yes, Canadian and we don't really have many Australian results. Um, literally, Bree and Kiara, off the podiums, Bree and Kiara are in the bobsled right now. And uh, they are currently sitting in fifth, uh, but there's still like five competitors to go. So they'll be in, oh, they've improved though. They've gone up a few spots, Jared. They were 15th. So it looks like they'll be in about 11th or 12th right now. That's, that's good for Bree and Kiara, right? That is good. They're already ahead of three teams that went down after them. So um, yeah, looking promising. It's what Bree does, right? She just, she starts off slow and then builds her way up. Well, so, we all know that she's the only person in the in the bob because she was the only person who was getting coverage. Yeah, uh, tonight it's who? bobsled Bree yeah. and someone else. The, that random woman who is from the desert who only saw snow like three months ago. I believe she was on off the podium. She uh, couldn't get further to... away from the snow if she tried. <laughs> Nine hours from <laughs> Perth. Um, well, she probably could get further away if she tried. Like, I mean, she's just middle of the Pacific Ocean. I mm. think that's probably further away than if she was in Perth. Some fake um, news there. Yeah. Come on, Channel 7, pick your game up. I know I've left, but, I mean, mm. come on, you can do better than that. Jesus, you've got some other good researchers still there. Just because you got rid of the shit one, you should be doing better. Um, anyway, uh so that's the Australian result. Uh, Canadians in action today that didn't win medals, uh, not many, um, but uh, you didn't have any in the women's biathlon, uh, so there was no Christine Gow, unfortunately. Uh, but Christian Gow was 13th in the uh, 15K uh, mass start. Jules Bernot was 18th, and Scotty Gow off the podiums. Scott Gow was 25th. So, um, you're trying. But he was briefly first. Let's just remind people of that. Briefly first. The new podcast coming soon by Colin Hilding. Um, breaking Actually, news. Christian was in the mix. I just want to say Christian was in the mix all the way up until the last shooting station. Uh, so it, 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 there was a chance for him the whole way. So let's not, let's not knock them. Again, this is, it, it, sure, it's not uh, Stephen Bradbury. But, I mean, it's still the greatest result in the history of Biathlon for Canada from two brothers who continue to deliver day after day after day, kilometer after kilometer after kilometer. I completely agree with you, and I don't want to put shit on Scott and Christian. They're, they're, they're great guys, and uh, I legitimately mean that. Um, I want to tell a really quick Stephen Bradbury story based on what my interaction happened with yesterday. So I met Stephen Bradbury for the first time about two days ago, very briefly. You sort of he was leaving as I was leaving. You know, how you doing, Ben? You know, great, awesome. Great little conversation. Two days later, he comes in, you know, walks in. First thing he always does is he's got his own beer, like last man standing beer, now available, puts it in the fridge, and then he sort of walks in, says hello to everyone, sees me, comes up, hey, I'm Steve, who are you? (laughs) Doesn't remember who I am. He met me two days beforehand. I'm like, fuck, there it is. They're like, Steve, you met me two days ago. Oh, well, did I? Remember COVID Ben? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, if you just said, hi, I'm COVID Ben, he would have remembered. Yeah, but um, after that, you know, we hit it off, Steve and I, you know, buddies. Many drinks are missing when he he came in in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I finished his... uh, his, He was uh, loaded. That's why I didn't recognize you. When I say I finished the six pack that he gave me, he actually only gave me four because apparently he'd already drunk two of them. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was, it, was one of them opened? Is that the type of guy he is? Oh, you know, so, so half of this one left. Give it to COVID, Ben. Make him feel better. 
the best bit about any of my Stephen Bradbury stories over the last 24 hours is I got my photo with Stephen, sent a picture, sent it to my dad, just like send him a picture of me and Stephen Bradbury. My dad literally replies with, who's that? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, wow, dad. Wow. Good job. I think even Colin would have recognised who that was. Um, So there you go. But the, the good news is talk to Steve about our show and he said he would come on if he can talk about his beer. So um, 90% of the chat will be about his beer. I might get a question or two in about winning gold medal at the Olympics. Maybe. Don't know. We'll see how we go. Um, okay. We asked, we asked Apollo Ono enough about Stephen Bradbury winning gold. <laughs> Did we? I, I also want a picture Stephen Bradbury just like, oh, you know, I'm feeling bad that I forgot COVID Ben today. Give him the other half of my tuna sandwich. Oh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've licked half of this popsicle. There's still some left on the stick. Give it to COVID Ben. <laughs> Just the COVID Ben, Channel 7's former number three employee, basically. Um, so You have half-eaten leftovers? Give it to COVID Ben. <laughs> Can't taste them, so what does it matter? Um, breaking, <laughs> breaking news in the curling. The women's semifinals are on right now. Um, after seven ends, Sweden seven, Britain seven. Uh, and after ooh. seven ends, Japan six, Switzerland five. So, ooh, also going on there. So, come on, Sweden. And can we also just point out our beloved Oscar Eriksson, by making the final, will win his fourth medal in curling, which I believe is a record. Uh, and his skip, uh, can't remember his name, let's just call him Sven Abba, uh, uh, he is going for his third medal as well. So, um and Jared, I believe you learnt about that watching Channel Seven today. I wonder, I wonder how you learnt about those facts. Who do you think told Joanna Griggs those facts to read on air today? I don't know. It couldn't be you, could it? You were fired no. by that time. No, they don't. They don't remember who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, Jared. Well done. Jared, Jared wins the episode today. Uh, great, great job. Um, in the figure skating. Uh, two Canadian pairs uh, off the podiums. Eric Radford and Vanessa James are in twelfth. After the short program and Michael Marinaro oh. and Kirsten Moore Towers are 13th. Uh, this this is a very odd situation in this. The fact that they still have qualifying, but only two pairs don't make it or three don't because one withdrew. So what is, the, what is the deal? What is the point of having qualifying? You may as well just shove them all in. I feel bad here for the Czech pair of Martin Badar and Jela Zateva Zukova. And the Austrian pair of Severin Kiefer. Ah, oh, come on. Jack Bauer was skating out there today. And Miriam Zeigler. They don't get to fucking go into the final. Poor, poor Kiefer Sutherland. Um, but uh, Kong Han and Wei Jing Xiu of China are leading that one at the moment. I, uh, yes. I wanted to quickly say what's great about um, uh, Eric Radford skating. Like, first of all, this what is a, a pair that was put together. I mean, it was less than a year ago that they were put together. So nobody had high expectations for them. But uh, CBC has decided they really want to, especially on the figure skating side, they're really putting all the stars out there in individual events. We had Tessa and Scott during the ice dancing. Uh, we had Caitlin Osbin, who's a two-time medalist for us um, uh, in the, uh, the, the women's. And they've decided they want to put Eric Radford's former partner, Megan DeHamel, on commentary <laughs> For Eric Radford skating, which is great because, I mean, if you remember the interview with him, the, the research we had off air, she was very angry about this. And uh, yeah. he, he even addressed 
some of her frustrations with him on the air. She was pretty nice from what I've seen just in the intro, but I, I've yet to watch the entire program to see if the claws are going to be out. Until the the um, the audio goes off and then uh, everything gets uh, thrown and, and, and lost there. Um, in the half part, there was another Canadian, Amy Fraser, was eighth in that one. Um, the ski cross, uh, so basically all the Canadians made it through to the quarters, uh, but then basically all of them except for Brady Lehman got eliminated in the quarters. Uh, Reese Howden eliminated in uh, the quarterfinals. Jared Schmidt, old Schmitty, he went out in the uh, quarters. And Kevin Drury, he had a Drury day. Uh, went back to Drury Lane and hung out with the fever guy. Uh, he was out. And in the semis, uh, Brady Lehman was a bit lay, lame, man. <laughs> just, just, just don't, Ben. Um, that is, that's, got, a reigning, that's a reigning medalist for Canada. You leave Brady alone. Well, a bit Michaela shit from these Olympics, isn't he? Because he only got six <laughs> overall. Second in the big final. So put a post on Instagram about it, Brady. Make it about you. Um, so anyway, he, he, he tried his best. Good on you, champ. Well done. Um, in the 1000 meters outside of Laurent, 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 um, Connor Howe, well, how did he do? 12. Uh, and Antoine Gelinas, uh, 22nd. This is why I don't present on channel seven. Um, imagine Today, <laughs> headline news, Antoine Gallant, blah, 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 for Canada, finishes 22nd in the speed skating. Um, apparently, I was so enamoured by the half pipe, I've got the results up twice. Um, so, good job for me there. Uh, and in the bobsleigh, uh, currently, Christine De Bruin is sitting in second. Well, her and her partner, which, of course, is the great Kristen Buzhnowski, uh, they are currently sitting in second place. Uh, Canada's traitor, Kaylee Humphreys' sled, is in third presently. Um, and Cynthia, 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 she's a really cool dancer, sorry. Uh, Cynthia Pia and Dawn Richardson-Wilson are in sixth. And your other Canadian pair is being beaten by Australia. Pick it up, Canada! Uh, Melissa Lotholes and Sarah Villani are in 14th place. But the good news is Britain are 17th out of 18. So, um, there you go. Um, we what haven't excuse is going to be for that? What's their excuse or what's my excuse? Oh, what's their excuse going to be? Oh, I don't know. Fucking. They're English. They're brut- yeah, they're exactly. They're, they winch more than we do. You know, that's saying something. Um, Australians winch too much. That's where we get it from, from our parents over there in the UK. Um, what did we watch today, gentlemen? Let's start with you, Colin. Uh, everything we've talked about. I mean, I've watched almost everything today. The, um, uh, the biathlon, uh, the men's bronze medal curling. The, I fi- finally finished the ski cross. That was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> worth the wait. Uh, and, uh, the, the half pipe, sadly. Um, although it was, I mean, successful for Canada. So I was happy to watch that. Uh, but I, yeah, I still have yet to watch the Slovakia and Finland, so I don't know if it was close at all. Um, did either of you actually get to see that? I saw the first goal. Well, I, I, basically... I know the score, but was it close? Like, I don't um, know if that was like, yeah, one I... nothing and then an end of the game. I, look, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in so Jared can answer that probably because I'm, I don't know if he watched more of it than I probably did. I literally got on in a taxi to the airport at the end of the first period and Finland were pretty much in control of the whole first period from what I saw. So I don't know if that changed much after that, Jared, or not, or if you did watch the final two periods. 
No, it felt to me like pretty similar that Finland were just in the driver's seat the whole way through. Like Slovakia just couldn't, they didn't have that many shots. And then the shots they did weren't that great. So that's what I like to hear. My my great hockey knowledge, you know. Oh, and actually, breaking news breaking news in the ice hockey. uh, Rock one, Sweden nil. Oh, rock it up, rock. Those doping jerks. Stop using your heart pills, Rock. Um, <laughs> this this is where we need Mac Horton to just come see, in and protest. I can just see Camilla there in the locker room in between periods, sticking needles in their arms. <laughs> yeah. Yes, come here, fellow players. Let's stick you in the needle. Um, is a fifteen-year-old allowed to say that to grown men? Um, it's Russia. They they can get away with a lot more. That's why I'm moving. I mean, there. Ben's allowed to say that to fifteen-year-olds, so why not? Like in Russia, I can. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, 15-year-olds in Russia. Jesus Christ, that's grandma territory. Come on. Um, Jared, what did you watch today? Um, I think I also caught a little bit of everything. I didn't watch a whole heap of the bathlon, but I did see a bit of it. Caught the caught the curling, caught the half pipe multiple times, um, <laughs> the really? ski cross, the ice hockey, and the 1,000 uh, metres in the speed skating as well. I saw the half pipe because that's all that was on in my last shift. Uh, I saw a bit of the ice hockey. Uh, I'm seeing the bobsled right now. Uh, that's about all I've seen today. Uh, can I just say, Melbourne Airport doesn't show any Winter Olympics. Uh, so going off in Australia, and Tess Cody arrived back today. I saw that if I had been at the airport a couple hours previously. This is how this is, this is the Ben Waterworth whinge once again. All right, if I was able to work tonight at Channel 7, I could have hung out with Dean and Jackie. They were both in studio tonight on the Summer Chill. And if I had got to go to the airport, if they had sent me home a couple of hours earlier, I would have got to see Tess Cody. So, you know, put me in the middle. Thanks. Thanks, Channel 7. Actually, legitimately, thank you, Channel 7. I had a great time. Um, <laughs> that's what I watched, and I'm watching myself whinge right now. Um, fails today. Jared, anything? Uh, I had two. I had the um, great moment tonight from the summer chill where Jackie Cooper accused uh, Dean Hewitt of killing his mother when she asked him. And <laughs> <laughs> she asked him, she was talking about how, like, he obviously switched partners and he used yeah. to like be, be in a mixed team with his mum. And she was like, so Dean, how did you off your mum? <laughs> wow, Jackie, good job. Which is a great moment. So she's obviously uh, looking for tips to go on a murder spree. Um, <laughs> that happened. I don't know if this was a fail, but it just, it's back on the Eileen Goo, tra- Eileen Goo train. <laughs> and it just, the, the piano segment. I just, oh. I'm so, like this is it. like a pet peeve that every time there's like a professional athlete, there's this amazement that they're talented in like other areas of life. It's like, um, they're a professional athlete. Obviously they're super focused and committed to something. Does it not make sense that, uh, that would also carry over into other aspects of their life. And just yeah. then the interview moment of like, oh, we saw, we saw a snippet earlier of you p- playing piano. Is there, is there anything that you can't do? I'm like, Please, like it's not groundbreaking that she can be good at like multiple things in life. It just really bugs bugs me. You, you're feeling my my frustration at the Eileen then again. Like I, I I legitimately would love it if a network could be like, here's Michael Phelps, 
you know, look at him, look at him go. So Michael just got some footage to show. Remember that time you smoked a bong um, and then just like showed him like doing shit stuff or like, hey, um, I don't know, uh, bow brother, you're pretty good. Four gold medals at these Olympics, you're doing well. But uh, here's some uh, dick pics you used to send to small children. Uh, what's with that? Like, <laughs> just like, why can't we show them? I'm not saying he does. Well, I mean, that was like the first words. Shit, I've just I've lost the Bow Brother interview, haven't I? I've just accused him of sending dick pics to kids. He doesn't. He doesn't do it. He, he doesn't do it. This is Larry the Cable Guy all over again. If everybody's listening to the Aussie, <laughs> Norwegians are too perfect. All right, we've gone over this. They're good at summer. They're good oh. at winter. They're just they're 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 the best in the world. Norway. They probably play the piano. Um, but, um, <laughs> he doesn't send dick pics to kids. All right, he doesn't do it. No. Does anybody think Eileen Gu is going to be competing for Norway in the next Olympics? She, she, who knows what she's going to wake up tomorrow. She's probably going to be competing for Tonga or something. I don't know. I, I still, I honestly think she's competing for the US in the next Olympics. Like, it'll be this big shock, breaking news, Eileen to compete for the USA. And it's like, yeah, I wonder why you're going to do that, love. Like, you know, come on. Like, I, I, I like... You watch NBC sometimes, Colin. Like, I mean, have you seen anything enough to even remotely see if America gives a shit about Eileen? Or, like, is it legitimately only Australia that gives a shit about Eileen Goo? No, she's she's getting more coverage on NBC than she is CBC. Uh, but what you guys are describing, I thought you were joking a lot of this time, but it sounds like you're 100% real that she is your biggest star. <laughs> I don't know if China's getting as much coverage uh, on Eileen Goo as you are. It's, but this is the thing which, like, I find fascinating about it is because, like, there are, there are uh, this sounds how I'm going to put this. When I say there are legitimate Chinese athletes who have done really well at these Olympics who we are not focusing on, um, and yet Eileen Gu, who, like, I'm not saying she's not legitimately Chinese. I get it. She's got, you know, Chinese heritage. She's got Chinese parents. She lives in China. I get it. I'm not saying she's not mm. Chinese. But, like, she's more, I think... Americanized than the average Chinese athlete, yeah. so therefore well, it makes it easier. She yeah, she would have by default been competing for America, but she was invited. I think that's the difference. Whereas we have our aerial Colin, gear Colin, invited. Yeah, and <laughs> when we start to see the car she's driving and the houses she's living in in the next six months, we're going to realize how invited she was. Because uh, I, I don't know about here. you, but all, all of all of those famous Chinese teen bikini models that you see all the like, I mean, myriad of them everywhere <laughs> you see, like, right, just it's a common thing that China loves seeing their you know teenage girls on the cover of Vogue in bikinis. Uh, commonplace in China. Oh it's, yeah, uh, it's free and open country. They love Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a hundred percent. She she is as Chinese as as Jackie Chan, like just like just absolutely. All about her beloved People's Republic of China. She loves them to bits. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so pleased to have won these gold medals for China. I love China. It's my favorite country. That it's where exactly I'm from. That is exactly how she sounds, too. That's incredible. <laughs> exactly. Like, it really is. I'm Eileen Gu. Hey, everyone. I'm happy to be Chinese. <laughs> I'm Eileen Gu speaking in my traditional Chinese accent. 
Um, this is the only time I'm ever allowed to impersonate a Chinese person on this show and get away with it because I legitimately <laughs> am doing the traditional Eileen Gu Chinese. Hey, everyone, come down to the People's Republic of China. We can go to Beijing. We can go to the Great Wall of China. Let's go see those terracotta statues and our great traditional Chinese culture of Mulan. What a great movie that is. The animated one. The real one was kind of shit. But look how great I am. China. Yeah. Team China. God. Next Olympics. I'm Norwegia's biggest star, Eileen Goo. <laughs> Listen to my Norwegian accent from the country of Norwegia. And now in 2030, I'm competing for Uzbekistan. Yeah. <laughs> Uzbekistanians. Woo. Look at all our great Uzbek. Vancouver 2030, Jamaica's got a bobsled team and it's led by Eileen Goo. <laughs> She's she's literally and then and then all of a sudden in like twenty thirty four when she retires having competed for I I don't know Egypt, um they're gonna be like oh the goat of the Olympics she's won twenty gold medals for eight different countries no one can ever top that well yes they can Michael Phelps could come out of retirement win his eight gold in every single race like in the fifty meters I'm gonna swim for America in the hundred meters yeah. butterfly I'm swimming for Japan in the two hundred backstroke fucking I'm swimming for Laos um like. Just fucking switch it off. Like, I legitimately love that with What's-Her-Face Humphreys. Like, the whole, like, oh, she's created history by becoming the first ever female winter. Like, it's not a hard record to break. Like, I mean, you've got four oh, years to move another to another country and get a different it. citizenship. Not that hard. Um, Dale McSmith did it. Uh, <laughs> and so he should. What a man. Don't bag out the Dale, Ben. Um... <laughs> I'm losing track of where we're up to in this show. Fails, anything on CBC, Colin? Uh, there's one which was a terrible joke during the, uh, this was yesterday, the women's ski cross. Um, and always great, uh, again, to have the legends on there. Kelsey Sirwa, who was the silver in ski cross in Sochi and then the gold uh, in Pyeongchang. So she was the defending gold medalist who didn't show up. Uh, but um, she, um, she, she was on commentary and had, I, I, everybody's, probably heard at some point or another in every country a Wu-Tang joke during these Olympics. Uh, hers was, like, particularly bad. It's like, why is the uh, why is the start line loved by all the kids? And, and then she's like, because Wu-Tang's for the children. I'm like, oh, that is the most overdone joke of these entire Olympics. Is Wu-Tang Clan not a thing there? Have you not heard this? I know who the Wu-Tang Clan is, but I can't say that uh, Channel 7's coverage has been filled with a Wu-Tang. I mean, too much Eileen <laughs> Goo, I think. <laughs> Not not the coverage, but like uh, all over the internet, this is all you see. There's merchandise that's been made with Wu Tang for the children stuff for these the games. No, it's, it's kind of gone old, but it was, her delivery of it was so bad that it was basically her like, <laughs> and then the other guy, ah, uh-huh, okay. Uh, but uh, the one that I particularly liked, and this this kind of reminded me of an Australian commentary joke, the way that you describe it. What's this got? What's when that meant to me, Sharp- Colin? Uh, well, you'll get who I want to take you. It's very who I want to take ish. Um, so when Cassie Sharp finished, uh, I think it was her second run or her third run, um, our, our commentator here went, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, we like it, Cassie Sharp. Um, wow. whew, that is very who I want to take you. Um, so very cringeworthy, not necessarily funny today, just like, come on, just stop already. Um, I hear that a lot, actually. Um, 
I, I mean, again, even not as an employee, can I just say Channel 7 knocked it out of the park. Absolutely brilliant. So good. Just amazing. I'm saying this until I get my last pay. So, like, I just, I do want to get that money for actually working over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I have a fun Channel 7 story to tell you, which I'm apparently allowed to tell you. So, I have been told that you there have to is... Get cleared to get permission for this? Well, okay, so I will say I was told this story and then I legitimately asked a question. I'm like, can I tell that on the podcast? I'm like, yeah, I think it's pretty much public knowledge. So it was not public knowledge and this is some Channel 7 secret that I'm about to break, then I'm not employed by them anymore. So it was a fun time. Basically, apparently it was agreed upon some point in the 90s, there was like an in-joke where I don't know who it was, but they created a fake name that had to be included in every single like Olympics coverage and every sporting coverage that they could do it. So if I'm not mistaken, the name was Helmut Schmeller, like a, like a German-sounding name, and that somehow they have to work it into every single Olympics coverage. So apparently, I think it was Dave Colbert in the uh, ski cross yesterday dropped it by saying something like, and of course, uh, this course is monitored by the German doctor Hermit, uh, Helmut Schmeller. Um, and apparently it's a thing. Apparently it's been like successfully dropped into at least every Olympics since Atlanta. Um, and I don't know if it's just purely Olympic thing or just other sporting things too, but if you are watching channel seven's coverage and you ever hear anybody reference somebody called Helmut Schmeller, that is a fake name that is dropped into every Olympics coverage is kind of like a challenge for the commentators to do every single Olympics. Mm-hmm. So there's your fun and, fact and that Ben Waterworth you- learned. We want to thank off the podium Ted researcher Jack Smiggins for that fact too. Yeah. So thank you, Jack Smiggins. Once again. <laughs> what a man Jack Smiggins is. He just he just he just he works his ass off. Does dear old Jack. How's his Twitter feed going, by the way, Colin? I don't know. I, I, I tried to check it the other day and it logged me out and I couldn't remember the password. <laughs> you know who would? Jack Smiggins would remember his own password. Jack Smiggins. Yeah, exactly. Um breaking news in the bobsleigh, so the second round is over. Uh, Germany one, Germany two, Helmut Schmeller number one, Helmut Schmeller number two. Um, yeah. America a third, but not that traitorous bastard Kaylee Humphreys. Uh, Lena Myers Taylor is third, Canada fourth, Christine De Bruin. Um, oh. And Australia, Brie Walker, again, as we just said, she's done a Brie Walker. She's moved up three spots. So uh, she'll be ninth by the end of the third run. Uh, so 12th there. And Australia's highest ever finish in that is 14th. So uh, there's a. There's a fun fact that I remembered from my actual work during these Olympics. Uh, and breaking... what Warner could have done. Oh, I feel I feel bad for Ash. I really do feel bad for her. Like, I can't imagine what it must be like for her watching this right now. Shout out to Ash if you're listening. Um, that eight, woman seven. can push a sled. That, that's a woman. She can push a lot of things. 8-7 <laughs> Sweden are beating Britain right now in the curling uh, at the end of the eighth end. And Japan 7, Switzerland 5. So Japan never made the final before. I think only South Korea, the only uh, Asian nation to make a curling final. They did that back mm-hmm. in um, in Pyeongchang, did they not? So uh, it's a bit yeah, of a boil. Is curling, like as the curling expert on this show, Colin, is, is curling actually played much in Asian countries? Do you know? I mean, obviously they do all right in Japan and Korea if they can make Olympic semifinals. But, I mean, is this a thing? Yeah, I honestly don't know. I don't see them often. I mean, I think... Uh, there probably was a lot of attention that came. Well, here's the thing. I was going to say a lot of attention came on it because of Pyeongchang, but then now as Canada's learning, Jennifer Jones is like, you know, the, the hero of sports in Japan and they wouldn't have even seen her in the Olympics since 2014. So 
Um, I'm, it could be a widely watched sport. I don't think it, we've, re- the, we've really seen a lot of teams compete, though, at this level outside of Korea and now Japan. Wait till you see the Oceania contingent. It's held up. Tennis, you know, with Dean I and think Tali. that's the other thing. We, 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 <laughs> oh, it's going to explode. I mean, we're going to have uh, um, Lisa Carrington and Zoe uh, as the new mixed doubles, same gender mixed doubles. Russell Crowe, uh, uh, Sam Neill. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> oh, we can get behind that, right? Uh, well, but, get behind uh, Lord. Uh, let's, I wouldn't say no. A, <laughs> well, let's also acknowledge the fact that, like Korea, Korea actually did decent, and they, they came back for these Olympics. It wasn't just a host nation thing. So, uh, if if curling is picking up in Asian countries, it's sticking around. It's there for good. Good for them. I've got a fun curling stat for you today. So, Great Britain and Sweden. Eileen Gu has tried out for the Chinese team already. <laughs> No, actually, she's she's competing for Burkina Faso in curling. Um, you know. <laughs> she's she's not Esther Ledecka. She can't change sports. She can change countries. You know, come on, Colin. Ski curling, clearly. Ski, ski curling, the half curl. Um, how would that? How would that? There's a challenge for the half pipe. Let's put them down the half pipe, and halfway through they've got to catch a fucking curling stone. All right. See, Eileen Goo do that. She does that. I, I, I'm on board the Goo train. I know how to make- I know how to make slope style and half pipe more exciting. Let's bring back ski ballet and combine it with those. Like uh, I want to see them go I said that. Pipe, I said trick. that last night. Oh, did you? Oh, I must have missed that part. I said, did I said, I, why I, do they I have the poles? I said, like they should be at the top of the thing. They should stick the pole in the top of the pipe and do a like freaking ballet trick halfway through. That's like that's the only reason I see why they've got oh, the poles. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I saw a video somebody posted yesterday of ski ballet again, and it just reminded me how great that sport is. <laughs> it really is, <laughs> even like, just on an exhibition level. Give it an exhibition in the land. The fact that um, Deidre Dion said that she used to do ski ballet, like, and she said there's footage somewhere of that. Like, I, I, but this this is the thing. Like, you think about when freestyle skiing got first into the Olympics, like, it was obviously just like what moguls and aerials, but like, ski ballet, that is the most robbed discipline. You're putting in mix this, you're putting in slope style, putting half Poor ski ballet just sitting around going, guys, what about like, this is like, if break dancing is an Olympic sport, ski ballet shits all over break dancing. Come on. Yeah. That's a yeah, sport. Yeah, you got to do that on skis. <laughs> exactly. You're only a real man or a woman if you're doing it on skis. <laughs> At least, like, well, that's the problem is that they're freestyle skiers. They can't handle the ballet on the skis. Oh, you know too fucking you do? lazy. Get some of those. Well, we get some of those alpine skiers to do ski ballet. Oh. Then it'll be done. That, that, that's it's a Esther Ledecka would own the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, she would just get out there. You know who wouldn't? Michaela Shitfriend. She'd fall over. Um, <laughs> fun fact about the curling for you. So Britain and Sweden playing for the very first time in a gold medal match at the Olympics in men's curling. Now, you might contest that little fact. If you look at the 1924 curling, you would see that Britain won the gold, Sweden won the silver, France won the bronze. So you'd think, well, Ben, you're wrong. Britain beat Sweden. <laughs> in the gold medal match, and I'd say, well, you're wrong because there was no gold medal match. Back in the day, back in 1924, it was just a simple round robin. You know, everyone plays each other once. Whoever's on top wins the gold. So Britain won that. Now, I would like to read out the scoreline of the curling from 1924. Colin, right now, as a as a curling aficionado, what is a thrashing in curling? Like... Like Dean and Tyler got beaten oh. like what seven one I think so that's a pretty big that's a pretty big scoreline in curling but like 
Yeah. Are there, is, is it well, rare to get it? Like, could, could I beat you 12-1? Is that common in curling or is that very rare? I don't know if I've seen it that high. I mean, usually when you get about 6-7 ahead, that's when they call it. And the other thing with curling is that it's one of these rare sports where it's, it's, a, it's a gentleman and a lady sport. Uh, it, it's, very, it's very fair with the athletes just to concede. Oh, I concede your rocks closer. Oh, I, I, will, I will give you this match. That was Jennifer Jones' win that was crazy is that they were up 10-3 and um, uh, they, they went the extra end. I can't even remember who they're playing now. Uh, but uh, basically they got one extra point. They're like, yeah, we just wanted to go out with one extra one. We didn't want to lose 10-3. We will lose 10-4. We concede. Okay. All right. Well, good to know because... With that in mind, I'm going to read you the scoreline from the uh, three here that at least uh, I've got in front of me. So, Sweden against France. France scored 10. Pretty high-scoring effort by the French. Yeah, good job, France. Sweden, 18. So 18 to 10. Pretty big win, right? You think, okay, good, good result there for Sweden. That was the closest game at the curling in 1924. Great Britain played Sweden. What you think would be the gold medal match. But no, of course, no gold medal match. Sweden, seven. Good effort by the Swedes. They've done well. They've dropped a few from their first match. But Great Britain, 38. 38 to seven. All right? And I'll tell you now, not the biggest thrashing at the 1924 Olympics in the sport of curling. Game three, France, four. Again, a little bit worse than what they did against the Swedes. They lost six points. Great Britain, 46. What is going on, Great Britain, at the there 1924 were, Olympics? That is brilliant. I there were no this. gentlemen in that. No gentlemen oh, the Brits were bastards in 1924. They're like, fuck you all. <laughs> we're going to thrash your little Frenchy asses. Now bend the fuck over and get beaten 46 to 4. Actually, I, I'll rephrase that. It was Scotland who won. I was like, ah, we're going to fucking beat the Shire. We're Scotland. That's <laughs> you a, may take our Bruce. country, but you'll never take our curling. <laughs> I want to see Bruce Mallet and Eve Muirhead do it this time. It's like, no, 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 we're not stopping. We're going to keep going. I don't care if you're conceding victory. That's I want a score a- of 59. That's a real curler right there. None of this Canadian, oh, we're going to let... Gentlemen's agreement, oh, it's 6-2, shake hands, we'll go home and have a beer. No! I want my curlers at the end of round five, like the French, oh, please, Scotland, we are losing. It is 20-1. to You're like, fuck you all, we're Scotland, we're going to beat you 46-4. to When curlers were real we have, men. We have men and women in... Tears on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wouldn't it be amazing? Imagine doing Off the Podium in 1924. Like, hello, everyone. Welcome <laughs> to Off the Podium. Oh, what a jolly good day to be alive. We haven't got the plague. Uh, well, the plague is not that old. Uh, Spanish flu in 1924. <laughs> it's, not, it's not 1624 Olympics, Ben. That's a whole other kettle of fish. But um, <laughs> 46 to 4 in curling. Holy crap, that's um, that's a bit of a close one. Anyway, um, uh, athlete celebration today, Colin. Who who was your interesting Brian? Tell us about Brian. The interesting Brian. Uh, so people are probably familiar with the Battle of the Brians or have heard about the Battle of the Brians before. Uh, I this was am the other Brian. <laughs> yes, 
I, I you do. Are familiar. I, Good. I know the other Brian Moore because of South Park, but anyway. Exactly. I was going to say, people will know Brian Boitano more, not for being the one who won the Battle of the Bryans, but for being the guy that South Park wrote a song about. Um, but uh, Brian Orser uh, had actually already won silver, uh, losing to um, another American in the 1984 Olympics. And he came back, and that was a big battle. It's Brian Boitano, Brian Orser. It was the Battle of the Bryans. It was such a huge thing. I, I, I don't even know if I remember watching this. I remember my parents talking about Brian Orser and Brian Boitano. So that was my earliest memory. But, you know, you look back now, I mean, this is one of those big things. It's like Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. It's just two names that were tied together so much. Uh, so much so that um, years later, uh, Brian Williams and um, uh, uh, what's the name of the other guy? The two Bryans, the CBC and the NBC Bryans. Hardick decided they wanted to do a parody video that was aired in both countries on the Battle of the Bryan commentators as well. So he's most well known as the Battle of the Bryans, but uh, really was the face of figure skating in Canada throughout the 80s. And then uh, even still to this day, a crazy fact I didn't even realize is that he, in the last three Olympics, has coached gold medalists for other countries, for Korea and Japan uh, in 2010, 14, and 2018. But... Did he do it 48 to 4 or 46 to 4? <laughs> no? Well, he's going to come out of retirement just so he can now. <laughs> he should. Pick your game up, Brian. Um, Got to say, I did love his uh, outfit in the photo that you posted. It's pretty uh. Oh, pretty and you know what? I have to find the best one where his name could be right underneath his crotch in that photo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's how you put up a photo. <laughs> That, that, that's a real thing. And I'm just, I'm just quickly breaking news in Channel 7 Interviews Australian Athletes. Uh, bobsled Bree, the only athlete in this two-woman bobsled, of course, um, is having an interview right now with Chiara Radingius. It's Radingius, apparently, not Radingius. Um, Chiara's having a bit of a cry. I don't know why, but, um, oh, it's a bit sad. Anyway, uh, two former off-the-podium guests on TV right now. Great. Um, today for Australia, Lisa Camplin Day. Uh, on this day, 20 years ago, Alyssa Camplin won gold for Australia, our first ever female Olympic gold medalist in aerials, of course, went on to win a bronze in Turin as well. Uh, if you haven't seen any of Australia's coverage, you might have seen Alyssa a few times on our TV screens. She's pretty much at every single event as the deputy chef de Michon. Who is our actual chef? De- is it Ian Chesterman? Is it still him? You would know. Not he's sure. he, you don't <laughs> see him. Never there. He's that Alyssa's there. Ian. Bloody hell, Ian. If it is you, Ian, pick your game up. Alyssa's there. She can show up to events and hug everyone. You just direct the bloody village eating McDonald's. Um, but Alyssa, absolute legend of the sport, of course, in Australia. Um, I remember watching it live. I remember getting up, I think, at like four in the morning to watch her in Turin as well. And I remember getting really grumpy that she only won the bronze. But um, Dale won the gold in those Olympics. We were happy anyway. Um, but she only competed in two Olympics. I thought she competed in more, but no, only the two. And uh, gold and bronze, not bad. Uh, one of the six uh, medalists, of course, in Australia who have won, uh, Winter Olympic medalists who have won uh, more than one. But, uh, Jared, do you remember? Do you Did you watch Alyssa? Do you remember 2002 enough to remember when she won the gold? Uh, I do. Um, it was just such a great moment. And I suppose the fact that, like, it came like after Bradbury, like was just, just made it like even more like unexpected. Yeah. Um, and I think then the excitement was just, was just so much higher because of that. But then for her to then come back and medal again was great. And she's missing that silver though. She's got to come back, right? 
she I'm does. out of she retirement. Looks... We'll see her in four years. She's going to pick up that silver. She she looks great still. She she um has not aged a day. I think so. She she could definitely come back. Uh, Jeff Lipshut is our chef de mission. The esteemed Jeff. Lip- I mean, we're all familiar with him. Um, I should probably look him up. He's probably some legend of something. Um, but name fits uh, Lipshut because we Lip- haven't heard anything from him. <laughs> Uh, he is the Chief Executive Officer of the Australian Winter Institute, so the OWI, who we actually really do appreciate here on the show. So, um, gee, they haven't searched the web too far there. I mean, you're, you're freaking Chef de Michon, the legend of Canadian sport. Like, why is Elisa only the Deputy Chef de Michon? Jeff? Just because you're the CEO? Like, I mean, come on. Like, I'm the CEO off, of, of off the podium. I think I disappointed myself that. But, like, I mean, I'm not going to be the Chef de Michon of Team OTP. That's Charles. Charles Hamlin's our permanent Chef de Michon <laughs> coming future Olympics. He gets the, go- he gets the gig. He- we probably haven't told him yet, but come Paris. Charles, you are Team OTP's yeah. Chef de Michon. Off you, Pop. Um, I mean, anyway, hello, he starts picking the people we interview. Yeah. The ones that he's like, there's no way you're cursing them. They're guaranteed to win. And I know because I'm Charles Hamlin. I guarantee <laughs> I said myself I would win. We've got an exclusive interview with Eileen Goo. Oh, yeah, yeah, interview her. We wanted to suck moving forward, so it's all right. We've got an interview with Michaela Shit from Well, She Can't Do Any Worse. Uh, so, <laughs> well, she could. She could crash out of four out of the five events. <laughs> Which, let's let's put predictions in right now for Milan. Um, so, yeah, happy Alyssa Camplin. Uh, Daily Dale, are we giving it to Mr. Bo, who does not send dick pics to children? Well, you said you had another one. I was curious who it was. Like, I was going to say JT Bo just because four no, gold medals. No, I didn't medals. say I had another one. He was the only one i written down, so it wasn't me. Oh, okay. Jared. So we're in agreement. Jared, do you have anybody else? No, nah, honorable mention to uh, to the Dutch guy in the speed skating, Kai Verbage, who was racing in the same race as um, uh, the Canadian Laurent and then um, just, just gave up partway through. <laughs> Apparently, apparently, good yeah. sportsmanship because they were going to collide on the corner and something to do with who has right of way. But let's be honest, he just gave up. World champion just just gave up. Finished thirtieth. That's that's a that's a that's a um you know death penalty offense in the Netherlands, right? If you suck at if you suck at uh, speed skating, you're, you're shot in the streets of Amsterdam. They're like you should get shot. I can't do a Dutch accent. I don't know how they sound. I'm from the Netherlands. You get a shot in the street. There you go. That's not bad. That, that kind of saved myself. In a but, few um, years, they're all going to sound like Eileen Goo anyways. <laughs> hey there, I'm from Amsterdam. I love being Dutch. Um, yeah, okay. So Johannes Thingus Bo. That is a name. That is. You want to talk about a name to name your like fourth kid? Colin, I'm just waiting for Jamie to yell at me. Uh, I want you to call him Johannes Thingus Bo Hilding. <laughs> I, I, I just want you to have all the accent marks on our graphics for this. <laughs> now you have a task. Now that you're unemployed again. I, I don't do that. I, I, I like if if I have a child, which is never going to happen because you know this world is fucked up enough as it is. I want to like name my kid like Frank, but like I want to put like an umulet above every single issue to see what it says. So, like, <laughs> I don't know what they mean. I'm terrible at languages. I'm going to put like one above the F, one above the R, the little smiley face above the A. So, like, I'm calling him Frank. He probably goes to Norway. He's like, why is your name Flumbrigging Lafong? Like, that's one thing I will appreciate. Like, I, I, I don't often want to say that I appreciate the English language. It's the only language I know, and I barely know it. 
Um, so I'm kind of biased. I think all other languages are much cooler because I look at what how they spell words and, and speak. They sound so much better than our crappy things. But I want to say that as, as somebody who speaks English, I never have to see like the letter O with five different symbols about it and to pronounce it five different ways. So <laughs> that's one thing I'm thankful for in the English language. Um, it's just legally but, change your name to do that. Well, put like a umulet above the N, the, the E, and the yeah. B, and I'd be like, Welcome <laughs> to the podium. I'm <laughs> Sounds like a Muppet song. <laughs> oh, God. How is this episode Jared going so I have long? more vowels in our names. One of us will do it. <laughs> it will go on then. Jaroid <laughs> Luchich and Korhein Halding. Um, that actually sounds quite good. You should use that. Kohlhein Halding. Um, you might... You might I don't when, think you're trying Jamie... to do a racist Chinese accent again. <laughs> when Jamie leaves you, you might be able to pick up at least one woman with that name. Uh, hello, <laughs> I'm Kohlhein Halding. Ooh, come to my bedroom, Kohlhein Halding. Uh, I'd sleep with you with that name. Um, so... <laughs> oh, shit. Michaela gonna... Shepard would. Oh, no, she wouldn't. She'd crash out halfway through. She'd, she'd take her pants off, she'd fall down, and then, ah, oh, Michaela, you failed again. Off you pop. <laughs> she, she would just sit there for the next two hours and put something on Instagram. <laughs> failed at sex. Don't bully me. I'm a human being that was, too. That was totally disappointing. I am a total joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that I agree with, Michaela. You are a total joke. Um, don't put a story on Instagram about it, all right? Just calm down. Sit in your hill. He's just excited because he can yell again, okay? He doesn't mean it. Sit in your little snow mound and think about your life. She's the <laughs> Destix woman. She's from Star Wars, you know? <laughs> I need oh to go God. home and rethink my life. She literally eats this slalom ski. She goes, bang, damn it. I want to go sit over here and rethink my life. Uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. It's only taken us like 230-odd episodes before we finally referenced Destick's guy on Off the Podium. Um, we we are having a nice, fun episode, but I'm going to play a clip right now because I spoke to Joe again today, um, not Bo, Joe, uh, about her experiences with the Olympics and working with me. That's the main thing. Um, so, <laughs> Ben Waterworth gets vain again. Um, here he is. My chat with Joe, which neither of these two have heard. So let's hear their reactions immediately after this, what they think about my chat with Joanna Griggs. Well, it is my final day at uh, Channel 7 ever. They've, they've listened what to the show. Not ever. Not ever. You're going to be here for life, buddy. They've, they've listened to all the previous shows and gone, we, we fucked up in hiring you. Um, whoops. Um, but I'm going to get uh, our beloved Joanna Griggs on one more time uh, for a last little chat about the Olympics. Joe, first of all, Welcome back. Uh, thank you very much. Can I just say I have had the best time working with you, have loved every second of it, and feeling very grateful that you had me as a guest on your podcast. And as soon as I realised how much you were a freakoid about Olympics and, and uh, Winter Olympics, we knew that this was going to be a match made in heaven. So it's been so much fun. And I will give you the extra money for you saying that to me on air. 
Yeah, thank you very much. I'm actually really terrible at my job, so I just do this to make me you sound... You are so not terrible at your job. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, anything going forward, there's going to be fights for who gets to have you as a researcher. So I'm like, I'm just like six foot tall and really, really scary. <laughs> well, I've already said that I, I get first dibs on Joe, but I, when Channel 9 poached me, of course, you know... I, I, like a stratospheric wage and all the rest of for it. For both their sports that they do. They don't do anything really anyway. So anyway, um, how have you, I know I asked you this the other day, but uh, now that your time has come up, I mean, uh, is this comparable to any of the other the winters that you've done? Obviously, the first that you've not been there, yeah. but uh, just in terms of, I guess, witnessing the Australians' performances, witnessing some of the other uh, performances that you've seen over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, I just I get blown away by our Australian team that they just bat so far above the average, but I think particularly these games, because the same as, you know, it's peppered in our conversation non-stop for the last two and a bit years is, is COVID, and all of the extra challenges of travel and having to adapt their programs to dry land training and and you know not seeing loved ones for the ones that decided to base themselves overseas and I, I think they're such extraordinary athletes that it kills me sometimes that we only hear really their stories every yeah. four years. Um, I'm pleased that they, they they got the most successful games like done and dusted so that then, then when a couple of the you know results that I guess people probably would have had down as, as potential medal chances didn't happen um, yeah, it didn't put any extra pressure on the team. And I think I think the thing for me always is for people to remember, it's such rare air to be an Olympian. Like, I couldn't be an Olympian. I tried for years and I never made it, was never successful enough, and I know how much effort that I put in. And and so I think David Morris put up a, a really fabulous thing uh, early on. He said, you know, people don't – they haven't lost – the gold medal. They've yeah. they've won the silver, or they haven't lost being on the podium. They're top five in the world, and I always try and keep that in the back of my mind because I just am so in awe of our athletes. At the end of the day, which also I think going back to Salt Lake, when you're obviously the first female to ever host a Australian winter coverage. Back then, we'd never won a gold, and yeah. obviously that success. I mean, could you have imagined that day one of Salt Lake, when <laughs> we're dreaming of a gold, we've only won two bronzes in our history, that here we are, twenty years later walking away with four medals and it's kind of almost expected that we're going to do that now. Well, the funny thing is I don't even reckon... I reckon they they were, they were banking on possibly an aerials medal. Mm. I don't even reckon that they were dreaming big for a gold. I mean, you know, obviously we talk it up like that, but... Um, you know, for Stephen Bradbury to get his gold and then to follow it up with Elisa with her gold, it just, like, don't get me wrong, that was epic, like, to have them come into the studios and all the celebrations afterwards because they were equally in shock at what they, mm. they had achieved. But since then, like, the programs that we've got in place, they're working and they're working across a number of sports and it was really great, you know, these games around to hear you know, Michael Kennedy talk about the, the airbag, the big airbag they've got down at Jindabyne and we know there's now a jumping centre as opposed to our athletes, you know, jumping in a little, um, you know, dam effect full of leeches just outside of Lilydale. I mean, we're becoming more and more professional and I hope that that actually translates to other sports and other things because, you know, even our curlers, with what they achieved this time around, you, it just means that people don't have to put a limit on themselves if they decide that they want to chase a dream. And I think that's been the message of a lot of the athletes. Certainly, you know, Greta Small was really big on that when she was talking about Papunka and you know, the school that she grew up with and said, you know, if she can be there, um, you know, at third Olympics and, and finishing 13 in the combined and, you know, 20 six and the downhill. Well, why, why can't little kids dream about winter sports in the same way they dream about summer sports? Yeah, absolutely. What was your highlight of the, uh, the two weeks? Working with you. That's the correct answer. 
That's, that's exactly what I paid to, her to had, do it. We had a gun team behind the scenes. So we, we just had, uh, we had a lot of fun. To me, it's always about the people that you work with. As yeah. far as the performances that I watched, my gosh. Um, I thought Scotty James was classy. That whole half part was classy, particularly because we had Valentino as such a young talent who you, you just know we're going to be talking about for years to come if he can stay injury-free. Mm-hmm. Um, comes from such a lovely ground of family. Um, you have, you know, Scotty, who's a superstar, but, geez, he was a lessening class, which yeah. always goes a long way in my book. So I, I often have said it's not how somebody wins, it's how somebody maybe doesn't get the result that they're after That's, that tells more about their character. And, you know, and that, that will translate through every team member and every little kid that's watching that, that, that thinks that that could be them. Um, so I thought he was classy. And then those great moments like with Sean White, the greatest of all time, and um, the respect and, and those two, two grown men talking out loud about how much they respected each other, that, that was special. Um, to be honest, Eileen Goob did amaze me because she handled so much um, pressure with so much aplomb. So with her two golds and silvers for China, when, when she had controversy swirling around her um, and media trying to get her to say something controversial at every step of the way. Um, oh, I don't know. Jackie Narricot, like for us to yeah. win a medal in a sliding event um, is just beyond extraordinary. And, you know, I think we were talking the other day where we were saying, you know, when you watched her in the lead up, up until that last World Cup event, she was getting so frustrated. And and then hearing um, Michelle still say, you know, she'd watch her come down, she'd be smashing her sled in frustration and hitting a helmet with a hand. And and you think, yeah, but she didn't give up. She just, yeah. you know, kept going back. And, and you know, she, she was leading after the first two runs. So she's, she could do anything going forward. And, and now she believes it. So I think it's also watching that confidence shift um, in athletes that might have had a dream, but now they believe what they're capable of. It's it is crazy. That's still one of the stories I think is definitely us getting a medal in a in a sport oh. where we're, we're not even remotely close to a, a facility you can train properly yeah. in. Yeah. You know, it's, it is crazy. Will you be back for Milan? Do you think? Do you think you got another winters in you? Oh, I'd hope so, but I don't know. I've got a, I've got a contract for three years that'll get me to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> that's all um, we hear about Paris, right? <laughs> no, Paris, well, Paris is. Uh, I mean, three years is the, these days. That's a long contract. I guess it'll be up to the powers that be whether or not they want me <laughs> after that. If not, I'll just set up a little studio at home and just. I'll, I'll be you join OBS. I'll be. I'll, I'll literally be joining you guys and be talking every yeah, night. Off the podium <laughs> commentary with Joanna Greaves. You should try your hand at actual commentary. Have you have you done actual like commentary before? No, do you know? I, I think um, I get asked this a lot, and the the funny thing is I... When I, when I started out in sport almost 30 years ago next March, there weren't um, female hosts. So females were given roles where they could do a weather update or they could do... Um, an injury update and they weren't there was no actual hosts that yeah there were occasionally some that popped up but they were generally co-hosts and so my goal was I wanted to be a host I wanted to host the sport in the same way that the men hosted and and were given the same amount of you know latitude with what you could do with that role and that was my that was my goal the whole way through so at different stages I was asked about doing other things along the way and I just stayed true to going no and so um, I'm really proud of what I've achieved with that and I don't even know what sport I'd, I would be able to do. Nordic combined. <laughs> yeah, possibly Nordic combined. But then I look at people like Dave Colbert, I look at people like um, Alistair Nicholson or Matt Hill, who I'm just in awe of with yeah. their ability to, and, and Brenton Speed as well, who's done, you know, past games with us, and they can just jump from one thing to the other, and then, then you look at all the expert commentators that we've had here, and they've all been just a revelation, and I'm not sure I'd be able to do that. Like, I just oh, think... Oh, I think you could. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I think sometimes you, if you find what you're good at, well, you hope, you know... Uh, 
I hope I am okay at, um, that you stick with that and you let any other people play to their strengths. Well, we're going to look forward to seeing you for the Paralympics, of course, which are coming up, yep, of course. Yeah, March, March 4 and the 26th of February we've got a preview show um, and then it'll be, it'll be on Seven Plus. And Better Homes and Gardens, when is it on? Joe, when can people watch Better Homes and Gardens? Oh, you can start your weekend with a bit of Friday fun. I think the promo at it's the Friday. Is Friday about 480,000 times. Literally all of us in the office are like, ah, I think we might need to kill that promo now. But yeah, but if you don't know, it's on Fridays. And there's also a dedicated 24-hour Better Homes and Gardens channel on 7 Plus, is there not? Do you know how random this is? So we, we received notice um, at the end of last year. So they, they just put a whole channel devoted to Better Homes and Gardens and it's their best performing channel wow. um, on 7 Plus, which I think is mind-blowing. But it, it kind of it kind of shows you where that holds a place in people's routines yeah. and their hearts. And, and it's not because of me. It's not because of the presenters. It goes way back. They go back through all the old episodes as well. I think it's just comfort. I think people know that, that that's a show that's just positive and, and they can find something that they like very quickly in a very short space of time. Which I'll just end it on this. I never thought I'd say this because you guys used to win the logo every single bloody year. <laughs> now it's all down to the damn living room. So, like, I mean, how many years has it been? It's got to get Better Homes and Gardens back on the Logie stage. Come on. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, I'm not sure that our audience is really au fait with uh, voting for, for, for Logies. We always say we're massive in the under 60s and over 60s. <laughs> oh, Hamish's like that. He's that cheering for next year. He really wants Better Homes and Gardens with the Logie. Come on. Get on board. Hamish, Team Logies for Better Homes and Gardens. Jeez. He's going to run my campaign. It's going to be amazing. He's voting. He's calling TV Week right now. Going, I haven't got it. TV Week's gone. Oh, well, sorry. Oh. Sorry. Whoever's got the Logies now. Anyway, Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure we'll hopefully work again and get you on the show in some capacity as well again in the future. Thank you very much. It'll be really embarrassed when I'm just like out the front of your house, just tapping on the window <laughs> on the door going, Ben, I'm still here. Ben, if, if that's New York, then, you know, you'll definitely be there even uh, double time. I'll definitely be there in New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great you know, it was, job. It was... <laughs> So nice of you, though, to cut out that last remark where she said, get in the cab and lose my phone number. <laughs> How did you know that? You, you're listening, were you? <laughs> um, I caught a cab with Helmut Schmeller. Um, it was a great <laughs> What a guy. What a man. Helmut Schmeller. Oh, uh, breaking news in the curling. Fuck me. Uh, Scotland have just shattered it in the ninth end. They've gotten four. Yeah. It's 11-8. Come on, come on, Sweden! I want your men and your women in the in the final. You know, keep Oscar Ericsson company, female Swedes. Bugger! I know they're Scotland, not Britain, but I mean, whatever. Um, and in the women's, well, this is the women's, the other women's match. Um, <laughs> the men are, <laughs> what the fuck? Well, the men are men and women are women. <laughs> That's curling. <laughs> it is. It is thirteen to two. I can I can yell again, Jared. Poor Jared, he's like falling asleep. Um, and I'm Jared fell asleep half an hour ago. <laughs> <coughs> I'm choking at you in here. <coughs> oh God! Um, such a pleasure to have Joe on the show. Um, Japan eight, Switzerland six. Japan are into the gold medal match of the women's curling. Wow. Wow, indeed. Um, and breaking news in the ice hockey, Rock are still winning one nothing. Come on, Sweden. You're not having a good night tonight in your semi-final, Sweden. Pick your game up. Um, Get Oscar Eriksson out there. He'll pull it off. Oh, now that's a man. Four times. Can we just say, side tangent, because I want to wrap this episode up. Eileen Goo. Okay. Three medals. She's young. She's attractive. She's Chinese. She can play the piano. <laughs> Good for her, all right? 
Why are we not giving the same attention to Oscar Erickson? That is a man. He is beautiful. He is gorgeous. He's Swedish. And he's won one more medal than Eileen Goo. All right? Now, now he doesn't demand attention because he's just he's, he's smolderingly sexy and he can sweep shit. Now, I don't see Eileen Goo sweeping shit. She probably does because she's good at everything. But the point is... Oscar Erickson's a man now. <laughs> yeah, and he's not even the skip. This is their second best guy. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> Who's that other Chinese skier in the half pipe final today? None of us can name her, but we can name Oscar <laughs> Erickson. He's the second one. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine, can you just imagine right now? Now, this might blow both your minds. If Oscar Erickson and Estella Decker ended up together in a couple. Oof. Oh. Oh. My God. Cancel Earth. Right there. <laughs> Earth is over. The <laughs> human race life. is over. We're starting new. It will never get better from here. You know, Max Zorin, uh, not Max Zorin, uh, Hugo Drax, wrong Bond villain, uh, when he wanted to create his perfect race in space, don't have to get all those weird people from Brazil. Basically, <laughs> just get, get Esther and... <laughs> not that Brazilians are weird. Um, I'm just offending everyone. Hang on a minute. Where's the list? Brazil. Um... <laughs> Oh, God. Tomorrow there are nine medals being decided. Um, they're, they're, they're all good. Uh, the mixed team's back in the Alpine scheme. I enjoyed that in Pyeongchang. I, I like that one. Are you are you okay with the mixed team Alpine scheme? Colin, you got a problem with that one? I don't remember it at all. Um, as long no. as they're not going down at the same time and, <laughs> and looking really chaotic, then I'm sure I'll be okay with it. The two-woman bobsleigh medals are decided tomorrow. The... Marathon of the Olympics is on tomorrow. The men's 50 kilometers cross country yeah. skiing. See, can I just say this once again? No disrespect to our marathon runners, but you guys run eight kilometers shorter than they do in the cross country skiing. Cross country skiers, real athletes. There you go. Don't say anything, Colin. Shut up. Let me have my moment. Uh, the men's <laughs> gold medal in the curling decided tomorrow. Come on, Sweden. Give Oscar his gold. He hasn't gotten a gold before, Oscar, so he's, he's got to get those shimmering cheeks and the hair on his head smiling with a gold medal around his neck. Um, the pair skating and the figure skating will be decided tomorrow. Oh, goody, the half-pipe's back and the freestyle skiing. It's men time. Um, and the speed skating, we've got the men's and the women's mass start, which I actually remember from Pyeongchang, very entertaining, uh, the, the men's and the women's mass start. Um, Jared, highlight. What are you looking forward to tomorrow? It's got to be that ice hockey bronze medal match. Oh, of course, that tomorrow as well. Sorry, Jared, to take away from you. It looks like you're playing Sweden at this moment, so be be gentle on the Swedes. Be be Swede on them. <laughs> Sweden, feet. No, I, I, I've lost it. Colin, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? That's a good answer. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the curling. I, eh? I'm looking forward to remembering to hit my mute button. Uh, people okay, have to me this episode. People have just listen to me cough throughout this episode and I forget to hit mute and they're missing all the great, brilliant things I'm saying when I am muted. Um, the 50K will be exciting, although I don't know if I'll be able to... I, I could pull it off. I mean, I watched the marathon start to... Choke <laughs> <laughs> that. Oh, Jared's so glad that he's saying it at 2 o'clock with two old men coughing with COVID. It's great. <laughs> Highlight of Jared's life. And he's still COVID-free. That is Bastard. why Jared is the goat. Yeah, just just he's the Oscar Erickson of off the podium. Um, I'm looking forward to sleeping tomorrow. Can I just say that I get to sleep in tomorrow 
So I'm looking forward to that. Oh. And um, I'm going to say the master. I, I enjoyed the master and actually the mixed team Alpine. I, I that is an enjoyable event. So uh, bring it on, bring it on. It's our second last day. Bring it on, bring it on. That's a movie. Um, our second last oh, day. Oh, you have twenty four on that. You 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 have twenty four on that. What? I thought you were going to be going twenty four on that quote. I was going to go twenty four on that quote. Bring oh, bring Kim it on, Bauer. Kim Bauer. I think cheerleaders yeah. before I think about Kim Bauer. Sorry. To <laughs> well, don't don't we all? <laughs> Kim Bauer as a cheerleader. Now there's a different story. Um, she'd be she'd be a cheerleader for the Cougars. <laughs> Oh, God, my jokes are terrible tonight. Jared, give me a one out of ten. Oh, a three. Generous. Okay. I'll take it. Um, Cool. All right. Uh, Jared, go to bed. You look like you're about to fall asleep. But thank you for joining us, Jared, and, and sorry about Slovakia. So hopefully tomorrow will be better for you. Yeah, it's all right. They're going to bring home the, uh, the chocolate medal tomorrow. The chocolate medal. Right. They'll equal their best. And Colin... Glad that we've been able to uh, catch you up. Oh, break, breaking news in the women's curling. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Extra end. Sweden just got three. It's 11 all. Ho, ho. Come on, Sweden. You can also do it in the men's ice hockey. Get the equaliser. You're, just, you're They're disappointed with that? They're going all the way that? to 48. They're going all the way to 48. <laughs> They're getting there. They're, They're a quarter of the way there, basically. Um... Sportspodcastawards.com. Um, thoroughly deserved episode to vote for us today, I think. Um, top points, gentlemen, for the Michaela Schiffer and bat- battering. Good job. That's our best one yet. Um, and all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, hit us up on those. Uh, as always, a special shout-out to Jason Momoa. Put a sock in it, Mountain! And I can say it properly tonight, Jared. <laughs> Oh, Colin, we need to find this ad and send it to you. This bloody ad that's on every single time when you use an ad break. Put a sock in it, Mountain! Um, yes, that's the new podcast coming soon by Jared Lubick. Um, thanks for tuning in to Off the Podium, and until next week again, remember, go left. What an episode. You loved every single second of it. It's been, again, just quickly reminding you once again, if you want to help us win a Sports Podcast Award, sportspodcastawards.com, register to vote, click on Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast section, listen to the other nominees, and then go, hey, Off the Podium's awesome. They're so good. They put in so much work and so much effort, and we just love them, and they deserve to go on the podium for once. Ben's awesome. Jared's awesome. Colin's okay, but he's also kind of awesome. We'd really appreciate it. And particularly if you've actually listened to the rest of this and ended up here, because generally I assume you've well and truly tuned out by now. But seriously, if you're at this point of the podcast, then you're a true listener. And that means that you're a true fan and you should vote for us. Sportspodcastawards.com. Do it now. We will thank you forever. Literally ever. Like every episode moving forward, we will thank you forever. Sportspodcastawards.com. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you next time on Off the Podium. I'm I'm really going to go now. Bye.